Welcome to the Fan Freaks Podcast, episode number 103. This is Agent, the masterful dude of doodliness, the face that runs the place, the host with the most on the most grandose co-hosts. This is the show where we freak out about our favorite movies, comics, games, and any media in between, and I am joined by... Utterly confused at the new shakeup of the format, Bone King, and also joined by... <laughs> it is I, James, Dr. Rude Ramos, MD. You know, I, I ask you every time if you want the script, and he always refuses, the dude. hes It's like a matter of pride for him. You know what I mean? It is. He's and like, I nailed it. I don't care what you say. No. I'm, I, well, I'm glad you don't care what I say, but we'll let the if audience. If you're going to fucking tell me anything, I'm going to walk to my trailer. 100. I'm walking. I'm sorry. What's that episode number? 100 and what? Three. Ah, uh, yes. That's a lot of episodes. I just use the script. I always need the script. It's fine. No. <laughs> fine. Anyway, welcome, everybody. <laughs> How does the script go? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I need to pull it up. Hence my entire point. What did I say first? I said, welcome to the Fan Freaks podcast. I said my name. And then I said no. where we freak out. That's the part. That's the, yeah. Because yeah. you have to introduce. It doesn't matter. It's totally fine. We're going to go ahead and move on to our episode topic. No, you just, fucking brought this up. Oh, my God. <laughs> welcome to the show where we, we're pedantic and we never get to the main point. <laughs> So today's show. You're gonna make me want to. Today's commit, show wait, is a wait, reaction wait. review. You're gonna make me want to commit suicide. Uh, There's a squad for that. Uh, There's a squad. Today's show is going to be a reaction review of Suicide Squad. One George is gonna join the Suicide Squad. Oh, I'm or sorry, suicide the squad. Suicide Squad. Not Got to it. be confused with Suicide, suicide squad. squad. Very, very specific distinction we uh -huh. must make aware here. Yeah, Suicide the Squad right. is uh, very different. It's going to be great when you're looking for it, like searching for it and whatnot. You have to include the V and Fuck. shit. Anyway, that's what we're going to be doing. Um, before we get into that, let's get into our recents. Which, uh, <laughs> my, my recents pouch is feeling a little light today, gentlemen. I, I got to be honest with you. I have been uh, mostly on muscle relaxers, so I've been sleeping a lot. Oh, my gosh. Welcome to the Sleepy Podcast, because I'm also <laughs> sleepy. Hey, yo. Um, do you want to sleep together? That is an interesting question. I'll be big so, spoon. Buy me a dinner surprise first. to know. And uh, Dr. Rue would be bigger spoon. I'm threatened by all the sexual energy. In the room. First off, I'm a fork. I'm dangerous. I'm spiky. <laughs> I always thought of you as a spork. You know, I'm multifaceted. You can do that. I think you're a spork. I kind of. Strictly a knife. I want like. A uh, kniff? A kniff, yes. I want one that's literally all three. That's like a it knife exists. spoon fork. Really? Oh, the Swiss Army they knife. Used, they used to sell it on ThinkGeek. Uh -huh. It was called a tactical spork. Tactical spork? Yeah. I'm, it, I'm assuming the other end is the knife. It, no. No, it, the the spoon had a sharp inside. It was the stupidest fucking. It was Jeez. meant to be a parody item. Like it wasn't actually meant right, to right. be used. Right, a gag gift or whatever. Yeah. Right, but yeah, it was. But I would it, use it. Yes. It was made out of like black titanium. Uh -huh. Like it was a t and it had it's like like a like a like a belt pouch. Uh huh. Like a ammo what, pouch type deal. Was it serrated? Uh, yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it had a serrated edge. It had the fork edge. It was a spoon. Yeah, it was. A, it, we just geez. need Rambo no, to use it in titanium. a movie. That, that that's gonna be real like some weird when the apocalypse happens you're gonna find some asshole rescuing you from like a rubble and he's gonna be like here use this and he's gonna hand you this weird ass the thing fucking serrated spoon you don't ask questions by that point because he survived you but don't <laughs> um do you mind if i go first on recents because oh. it's basically dr rude and i sure all right i'll, I'll save the best for last yeah it's you usually song. do um hunt has a new map for consoles and pc pc had it first but uh, uh, the boy and I, Dr. Rude and I, have been playing it 
a lot lately. Yes. Even though I wanted to quit, and I still want to quit, because fuck this game. And I keep fucking <laughs> Buddy, losing. Buddy, I quit long ago. <laughs> you did. You did. You did. And uh, I still commend you for it. I still say, I saw the writing on the wall. But that doesn't mean Dead by Daylight's a good game. Anyway, so Hunt. I'm sorry. Uh, did it, did anyone bring that into discussion? But okay, cool. Don't worry. Because that's got your that usual no, 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 comparison. Let's, oh, no, because 76, though, right? Am I right? I never said it was a good game. Anyway. Uh, so, you said, wait, is he didn't. But he does like it. No, he likes playing it, but he right. never said it's a good game. He's I been mean, very specific about that. I, 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 has it, has it, I think Dead by Daylight is a... Is a like, good game? Andrew and I both feel similarly, but we would never recommend 76 to somebody. Right. We've actively okay. said don't get yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Got it. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> Carry on. So Hunt Showdown's new map is massive. I think this is the biggest map of the three that so it has. So that's just it. The map is actually the same size. Really? It doesn't feel that I know way. it doesn't. Yeah, it but, doesn't but, feel that big. But it also uh, has a lot of <laughs> height to it because all the compounds are elevated now. Yep. The in-between... The landscape has mountainous and hilly areas. Maybe that's why it feels bigger, because Absolutely. there's more to... There's more like, verticality. It's the same size and width, but the length, the height is... Is, yeah. is, is more verticality to this. Exactly yeah, that. That, that's the right word, sorry. That's the game and design. I feel like... Because I feel like in the, the, uh, the first two maps, there are certain compounds that are, like, super specialized. Like, in this compound, you're better off with a shotgun. In this compound, you're good with a sniper rifle. So on and so forth. I feel like because of the variance and verticality and all the shit in uh, in the compounds in this new map, it's a lot more mixed up. Also, I would really like to point out, one of the things that we, we have talked about this game on the podcast before, we labeled it as a first-person shooter, but also base defense. Yes. This new map kind of throws base defense out the fucking window. I still don't agree with that. There's too many entrances now to to perfectly cover all your bases. There's a new objective with this new map? No, 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 no. The, the objective's the it's, same, but the compounds are way more difficult to defend. Okay. So there isn't, like, you bring traps to set up a defense. Right, I remember that. That doesn't matter here. Like, hmm. you... I don't there's like tw- For example, um, Upper DeSalle uh-huh. has a bank, and there's a bunch of windows and a bunch of doors... There's at least, I would like to argue, 20 entrances. Mm-hmm. You have enough to cover five of them. Yeah, but the point is, for me anyway, that these new compounds are so big that you can actually quarantine a specific area of it as opposed to the whole building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know which I mean? a lot of people are doing with bringing the concertina bomb. Yes. Because they're just using it. Oh, no. That general direction? Fuck off. Fuck that's off. That's blocked. Whole upstairs is cut off. Yeah. Huh, okay. Which you can do defensively mm-hmm. on the on the way in, but there's other ways in, and you could just lob fucking frag bombs and just go to town. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, still pretty fun, but it's something you and I shared, and that's it. From oh, oh. No, I mean I've been listening to Jim Cornette's podcast, but it's a wrestling podcast, and that's about it. I mean that is content if you want to talk about it, especially if you're skimming. No, on I mean reasons. you guys don't. You guys don't know who Jim Cornette is, and you don't know, like, what he's talking but about. Papa, but, Papa, I could learn. <laughs> I could learn, Papa, about the so, oily men touching each other. <laughs> so this man is a man who has run two promotions. He's also been a, a booker. 
He's also uh, been a very successful manager. He's considered the second greatest manager of all time behind only Bobby the Brain Heenan. And uh, he also has spent a lot of time criticizing wrestling today for what it's become, where it's very stupid and it's very comedy writers. Hmm. And it's kind of refreshing because he's been very 60s, 70s wrestling. Mm-hmm. which uh, James and I have argued about UFC with um, uh, Connor. Fa- Connor being the new d- wrestling type of thing and UFC being the old school type of wrestling. Right, right. And that's what he likes. He he likes that type of thing and he criticizes it in a very eloquent manner. Right, because there can only be one. McLeod. <laughs> of the clan McLeod. Right. He has, he has such an interesting way of talking. Oh, so here's the thing for me, man. Sorry to totally no, jump no, off. No, no, it's fine. I don't have any more reasons. Okay, like, well. When, we, when, when I talk Highlander, the movies are not the first thing that comes to my mind. You do not mean the show, do oh, you? Oh, absolutely. The show is way better than the movies. 100%. Okay. Have I, you watched Paul the show? Anthony Yosos I personally have not seen the entire show, no. Well, but that's I with saw Adrian him. Paul, right? What? Adrian Paul, I think, I think so. I think that was his name. I, Logan Paul's in it? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, no, but like, I I, I tried, okay? Like, I, I saw a retrospective of the entire series in uh-huh. comparison to the others. It didn't sure. look super great, but then again, I did not see the I show. I mean, that was like 90 like, there's CGI There's one TV. good Highlander movie. The first one. The first one. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, Highlander, yes. There's at least four good seasons of the Highlander show. Right. You know there's, like, four sequels, too, right? I know. Like, Endgame is another one or something? So that's the like, only one I like, and that's only because they brought Duncan McCloud from the from the show on to be with Connor McCloud. It's just that, isn't that the one with the Guardian, too? I don't remember. The, there's, like, a big pale guy, and he was all comedic relief. That series got really bonkers, too, yeah. sorry. But anyway, that's what we got for reasons? Yeah. All right, I, I got a big one, but if you want to... No, that's, ha- like, literally nothing Oh, else. you don't... That was everything of yours as well? I yeah, we shared hunt. that hunt. Because other than that, like, really all I've been doing is continuing to play Minecraft with my sister Cheyenne. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, uh, I mean, since he brought up listening to podcasts, have you listened to anything? Other than ours? Because, you know, uh, ego. Uh, <laughs> well, and just to double check, so, uh, you know, for... No, honestly, like... Write I, your mistakes. I kind of paused my re- my listen-through of Welcome to Night Vale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't picked it back up in about, I don't know, like, three weeks. Hmm. But I'll, I'm sure I'll eventually get back to it. It's just, like I said, like, Minecraft and other shit has taken over. No, I know. Plus, once you start building something in Minecraft, you just kind of want to see it done. I can't, <laughs> like, I can't build anything in Minecraft because by the time, like, I log out and log back in, Cheyenne has already knocked it down and built a better was, version of I, it. As I was editing the last episode, I wanted you to, I wanted to ask, is Cheyenne a griefer? No, they're, they're not a griefer. Like, first off, we're doing this collaboratively. We're not, like, playing against each other here. Right, okay. It's just they know so much more. And have so much more time because they can play while they're working too. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the most oh, part, they're just like tight. they're just like talking to customers. More accessibility to it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like like I said, I'll build like a little farm, and I get back, and there's this big ass automated thing or whatever. You uh-huh, know, like uh-huh. they're just so I come back and I, I built like a little cave base, and I come back, and now there's shelving and new floors, and the yeah. beds are reorganized. We gotta <laughs> figure out if there's a way to be like if there's something called positive griefing right like you know what i mean hashtag positive griefing um where already, already i mean i'm just hashtag. saying it seemed really good there but basically because i was playing with julian right yes. in valheim and we could build bases there too and right. i had my own little two-story thing going on and then i logged off and both then of I you came... are playing minecraft i'm sorry no uh, valheim 
Oh, okay. It's a similar my bad, my kind bad, of survival game, but it, no, it's it's okay. It's not your bad. It's all of our bad. Um, <laughs> but in any case, so I had my building, and then when I logged back in, I noticed he built like a hallway out of my second floor into like some sort of I don't know storage facility, and I'm like, I mean, this is helpful because I need that storage facility, but I didn't authorize this renovation. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I don't know. It's helpful. I'm not <laughs> I feel that way a little bit too when they do it, but then like it only lasts a second because I'm like, oh no, this is better. Because it actually is like the storage is helpful, no, but yeah. like, what the fuck? I wish I was there for the planning. Uh, but in any case, that's so fun. I feel that way too. I wish I was there for the planning, but mm-hmm. I don't have the time to be there. Like right, they do. No, no. So I can't, I, I, I don't bitch about it because like I said, it is inevitably better. Like I get there and I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for our recents. Give us. Your meaty recent. I was about game. to say I still got mine, buddy. But okay, here we go. Oh, I, that's I do what have I just said. one more. Oh, actually. and he still got a forgot recent Sorry. in there. Uh, I finished season two of Beastars. Be- oh wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. It's a weird what, fucking show. I don't know what I this mean, is. It's Beastars, the, the furry anime. It's an anime on uh, on Netflix. It's the furry anime where it's like a high school where all the students are like anthropomorphized animals. Got it. Bojack. But Horseman. then it be uh, no. <laughs> They're it's anthropomorphized like, creatures. I know, but like that's where the comparison ends. <laughs> it's like a man. Well, I don't think there's any humans in that show. No, are there? there's no humans. Yeah, at all. no. Oh, okay. But, it, um, but it's like the manifestation of my high school self when I was like, I'm a big bad wolf and I'm going to be all with the ladies, slick back hair. And I was like, you're in the closet, buddy. Shut up. I don't think that's, <laughs> that's not true of Legoshi at all, though. Well, I mean, in the like, he's very not no, confident the, about himself. No, sure. But the idea that, oh, he's a predator and he's chasing this little bunny girl. Like, you know what I mean? Like the idea so of like that a, relationship gets really weird. Uh, it, the whole season. No, wait, first off, I'm not trying to say I was acting like a predator. First of all, I should rescind uh-huh. that. That's not what I'm saying. I meant the sense that I'm like, oh, I'm a cool so badass. So you heard it here. Uh, I'm just Bone picturing. King was a predator in high school. No, <laughs> my God. We do not need that clip isolated. I, I am just picturing like George going on all levels except physical. I am a wolf. <laughs> you say that? <laughs> Bro, you had no idea. I fucking cosplayed Wolf O'Donnell for career day one time. Hashtag <laughs> furry George. Day. I spray painted my hair uh, white in the whole nine yards. But like, so here's so here's my thing about Beastars. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's a part of me that doesn't like this show. There's a part okay. of me that this show rubs the wrong way. Well, yeah. Specifically because it maybe does, if you spit on it a little. Yeah. Ayo. Specifically because it does lean into like the sexuality of. It's in the intro. It's like the main theme of the relationship no, between the him and Haru theme. or whatever. It's it's the it's Twilight. <laughs> you, I was about to like give this whole explanation, but that just simplified it. It's oh he he you know he loves her, but he could also eat her, and you know eat her if you know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Like it's it's either one. Yes. Uh, but but also so yeah, the show is a, like a pervy furry show, but it's also a murder mystery show, and it's also a mafia crime drama. Yeah, and wow. it's also it's a lot. Speaking of furry <laughs> animes, there's that taxi one too that came out. I haven't Taxi seen it. Taxi Driver or something. It oh, actually looks kind of sweet. I haven't seen it yet, but I know what you're talking about. I, I don't know if I I saw a little we'll snippet see. of it, and it looked kind of cute. But yeah, there you go. Beastar Season 2 is the only other thing I've done this week. All right. Rock on. All right, here we go. My turn. Uh, Beastar, Sonic the Hedgehog, all the furry... No, I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so first things first, uh, for the stream, I paid, uh, played Back for Blood. Which is for you anyone, played the beta. Awesome. I did, yeah. I, I paid sixty bucks to play that beta. How is it? Um, it was okay. It was fun. I mean, the glowing the, recommendation. I, it it was, was okay. It was a good game. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say like, oh, it wasn't fun because it absolutely was. It's just, it's, 
it's really hard not to compare it to Left 4 Dead. And those of you who don't know, so straight up, Back 4 Blood is, I believe, made with the same team that made Left 4 Dead, which is yeah. a Valve title. Both one and two. And because Valve is afraid of the number three, they never con- like continued past Left 4 Dead 2. Right. So this is the team kind of doing their own thing with their own studio and, you know... As a spiritual succession. Correct. And it's called Back 4 Blood. Um, right. Honestly... It's weird. It feels a lot it's like kind of funny because that means even the team couldn't use the number three. They went straight to the number four. Well, you couldn't. But it's not like you're gonna come out like Star Wars style, episode three, fucking or whatever, episode four, whatever. Back three blood. Back three blood. You can't. Use That's the that. prequel. We can't talk about that one right. yet. Um, but no, no. So it's weird. If you know about Left 4 Dead's development history, you know that it had a very different theme and tone before Valve. Uh, Right. Valvified it. Sure. It was very more grisly and more survivor-esque. People looked like characters out of The Last of Us. You know what I mean? Like they were all kind of scruffy and fucked up, which they are in the major release, but they look a little bit more like cohesive designs yeah. and not necessarily like realistic survivors. Sure. And this is my whole point exactly that I wanted to bring up. I don't think Back for Blood is a bad game, but it is very much missing the personality of a Valve game. Mm. And I don't know if that's going to make or break it for a lot of people, because it's still a fun game. But these characters... It lacks charisma. It it tries. It definitely tries. Because right now there are like five uh-huh. characters to choose from, but the other three are locked off or something. I don't know, whatever. I guess we can't try them out yet. But I only liked two of those designs because the other three were just variations of hipster survivor. Like, they could have just been any character in any, like, watchdogs, Call of Duty kind of thing. The only two characters I really liked were Mom, who is an older lady uh, who's a survivor, who is essentially like female Bill without any of the military experience. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe she does. I don't know. And then the other character was Hoffman, who's like a really big conspiracy theorist guy. The prepper. Um, the one mean? with glasses. The one with glasses, yeah. Yeah, the prepper. And he, his ability is like he could just sh- make zombies shit ammo whenever he kills an enemy. And it's like, okay. Um, but anyway, those were like the two designs that I felt like, okay, this is a character design, right? They had an idea and they went for it beyond just this person looks cool. Right. This person looks cool. I mean, they have little things with Walker and Hoffman over the other three, but it's not as clear cut. I kind of have a problem with it. And I think I also, because James has been part of this as well. It's a first person shooter, but you want to look cool. And I don't understand because you don't even see the character. Well, no, you you do. You know what I'm saying? No, you do only because these are squads of four. So Uh. other people see you. That, but you don't see it. But it still right. helps for the team dynamic for you to see your characters. And and the thing is, <clears throat> I don't I don't understand the team dynamic thing. That I mean, I I, I I have it too. Because in Hunt, I all I love my legendary skins, and I know yeah, I can't. you you have, and I still don't understand. Like, you know, there is something innately psychological about knowing you look cool. That's it. The, well, have you guys played Left 4 Dead 1 and 2? Yes. Yes, he okay, has. Just, I've played some of 2. Okay, so then you know that when you have that kind of, uh, pers- like, those kind of uh, relationships between Zoe, Bill, Francis, and, and uh, oh my god, am I forgetting? And Lewis. So, like, that pers- those connections they have. Think First off, Dr. Rude, you're an artist. For the story. Think about sure. character design this way, all right? Yes. You have 
a businessman who's Lewis. Yes. You have a college student who's Zoe. You have a, an old veteran who's Bill, and in a biker who's Francis. Right. Four very unique character types. They have very unique character designs that yeah. really you can project a personality on them, and it's easier to intersect and than they what talk. they talk. But that's the thing. It's well, easier to distinct archetypes. That's the thing. They're distinct archetypes that can have conversations, and it doesn't get too confusing juggling eight characters that you know what I mean that are all gonna have variations of the same thing there's nothing really distinct about them except mom really you know what I mean that makes me feel like that's a character design you know what I mean plus there's all the little things like the special infected don't have little thematic trills anymore you could hear which special infected was coming depending on what you heard hunters had a theme spitters had a theme right they all have the same thing here and it, it, it just lacks a little bit of that Valve polish, but it's still a good game. And that is my dissertation on Back for Blood. Would you buy it? Like I already complete... bought it. Oh, you already bought it. <laughs> That's how he got the pre-order. I can't make oh. this decision. Actually, funnily enough, since Wait, the beta... Wait, where'd you buy it on? On uh... Steam. And because since I bought it on Steam, the beta is a separate game. So I could play the beta as much as I want and still return it because technically I didn't put any hours in the main game. So t- I could return it, but I... I do want to play it. And the card system, it does not actually wear it down that much. It actually adds a little bit of variation to campaigns. I'm actually surprised. So then I'm buying Back for Blood on PC. I recommend it. Probably get it on sale, though. I don't know. I wouldn't get the deluxe edition because I'm I'm actually just against buying deluxe editions when I don't know what the fuck I'm buying anymore. Because there's a lot of chances it's like, oh, we couldn't support it. Uh, Sorry, roadmap. And then it just falls on its face. So I don't know. So I'm not doing that. Um, That's Back for Blood. Any questions on that before I move on? Uh, no, not really. Okay, so, other than that, I was listening to Weeble. Uh, if anyone remembers Weeble, the old 2000s Jeffrey jingle expert. Bezos. Well, that's, that's Bo Burnham, but that was <laughs> Right, but I you thought. kept comparing him. Which is that's how I you, got here. I had never okay. heard of Weeble until I last week. I feel like I have. No, you but... had to have. Really? You didn't know Badger, 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 Badger? Oh, right. That's, that's Look OG. At my horse. My horse is amazing. That's Give it like a lick. modern Weeble. <laughs> It was like three years later, he, dude. He, no, Badger was when I was in high school. Yeah, Amazing dude. Horse was I was in college, maybe? It was a little bit longer. Which He's is been like making, three years. <laughs> either way, this guy has been pumping out content like consistently for a long time. And I didn't know if anybody knew this, but on Spotify, if you go and search up Weeble, he went back and made dance remixes of all of his jingles. And by the way, can you think of anything more like perfect to remix than a, a, a sample of a jingle that's loopable. So, like, they all kind of work. So, anyway, I don't know. Weeble works. He's a very clever composer. I, I'm I'm sorry to go back to the whole Back for Blood thing. That's going to be f- included in Game Pass. So, oh, I yeah. get to play it that's soon, true. as soon as possible on PC anyway. Mm-hmm. The digital deluxe or whatever comes with a new DLC and... Three new characters. Which are the three that I couldn't play as, I guess. I guess. Fine, it's a beta. You couldn't let me mess around with it like Dead by Daylight does? Dead by Daylight, obviously, you know, objectively a better game. Anyway, last thing on my recents, I got, um, so I found a YouTuber by the name of Sideways. Okay. Um, he is a YouTube, uh, like, music reviewer, analysis sir. Oh, so similar to the Needle Drop. Right, but Needle Drop really does albums and like really like by artists. Um, what he does is actually Sideways uh, does what film scores, oh, and, and musical scores really in particular. So I learned what a light motif is. Okay, and I keep shouting about this in the pot. Oh my god! So I just brought it up earlier with Left for Dead, how like the hunter has a little theme whenever they're about to show up. That right. would be the hunter's light motif. Yes. Okay. So like that would be the little snippet of music that represent the hunter. 
So I, I mean, I praise Nier for doing all these things where they reference past songs and mm-hmm. light motifs and whatnot to represent certain characters. But oh my God, musicals. <laughs> if you fucking think games are doing it, musicals have been... Sondheim does it every five seconds. Yes. Like, I know it's obvious, but after listening, like, him actually breaking it down, it blew my mind. Oh, yeah. Sweeney Todd is completely, like, predictable if you just listen to the music. Yes. The twist that happens is revealed in the... Yeah, man. I don't know. It's really cool, I, right? Uh, I have some opinions about Sweeney Todd. But see, that's the goal. Sweeney Todd though. versus what? <laughs> oh, you like Sweeney Todd? Case of Sweeney. I mean, it's not a bad movie. I thought it was no, one so of the better the thing, though, You're talking about the movie, though. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have no opinion then. I fucking hate the movie. It's okay. It's one of the better musical adaptations. It really isn't. It's pretty, especially if you're a fan of the original uh, of the original play versus it's the case of Sweeney bad. Todd. I guess I. It's hard. It's hard because I'm not gonna be like, oh my god, it's the best one ever. But I, I can only think of a couple more that really hit it as well. You know what I mean? And I would say Moulin Rouge, which is a movie I really like. Moulin Rouge, Chicago. The oh, producers, well, yeah, Chicago. Oh, Hairspray. Greece? Both versions I'll of Hairspray. I'll, no. I'll agree Greece Chicago. Won? You wouldn't argue no, Greece won? not better than the play. I'll agree Chicago and even the producers for sure. There's a little bit of weirdness translating it from oh, stage. Sure. To, but, but that's all it is. That's the Wait, difference. Wait, nothing on Hairspray, my man? I didn't like Hairspray. Ooh. <gasps> Neither version? I only saw the one with John Travolta. Oh, So okay. I what other version? Well, the original one was Ricky Lake was... Uh, was Mom. The, no, the lead actress. She was a little girl. Oh, yeah. It's when she was young. Well, who played John Travolta's character? Uh, I don't remember. It has to be a guy. That is that is the rule of I that casting remember. for that it show. Was, uh... <laughs> no, for real. Like, that's part of the thing. If you cast Hairspray, a guy has to play that role. But that's interesting. Because Al loves Hairspray. Oh, well, Al loves a lot of things. <laughs> Damn, son. <laughs> I try. I try. Um, Dude, what? That's right. Divine was Edna Turn Black. Oh, you know I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah, dude. So you oh, haven't watched shit. the OG? You no. gotta watch the OG. Yeah, now. no, with Divine now I have and to. Fucking, <laughs> and John Waters is in. It? Yeah, no, it's an it's an amazing cast. You know, John Waters is in the John Travolta one. I think yes, as yeah, a cameo too. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's Ricky his property. Lake, Divine, John Waters, Jerry Stiller, bunch of fucking Debbie Harry. Like right, it's so an awesome. Freaky cast. Five musicals. Sure. At some I'm point, down. that should be really fun. I think. I I don't have enough. Well, get educate. Get it's, educate. It's not his thing. <laughs> not get educated. No, I mean, get I, educate. I love Rocky Horror. I love Grease. I love Hairspray. I don't. I'm sorry. That's three I, right there. Yeah, but I don't. Thank you for what spoiling your list. What other ones do I need to watch? This I is saw. Re- I walked out of Sweeney Todd in the theater. Repo the Genetic Opera? Oh, that did not age as well. No, it's true. It hasn't uh, it's, well. I want to like There's it again. There's parts of it that I still love, though. I can't help but love that. The it, whole rap scene in the limo loses me yes, every time. Agree. <laughs> but, like, it's such an integral part of my little Hot Topic Kid DNA. Like, it sure. flows through that, like, the black vein in my body, and I can't get it out. Um, Have you ever seen, uh, oh, God, now I'm forgetting the name of it, Phantom of the... Opera? Well, that as well. But, no, Phantom of the Paradise. No, neither. Okay, that's that's a spin on Phantom of the Opera. I forgot who the fuck made Phantom it. Phantom of the Megaplex. Well, it's a Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> but it's, it's a thematic thing, obviously. But the guy oh. who did the movie I'm talking about, the set design, did the set design for Rocky Horror. Yeah. Oh, so if nice. you like the design of that movie, you'll like that one. Um, I think that's it for me, Henri, since we're ready to move on to news. Let's get right to the news. Uh, I can start us off if you'd like. Sure. All righty. 
First thing I want to talk about is something I'm very excited about. We got some Sonic the Hedgehog casting. Oh my, with, so that's all my news too. Oh, okay. With uh, Idris Elba as our favorite red echidna, Knuckles. I'm here for it, and I hope they let him keep his accent. I was actually thinking that too. I hope so as well. But here's, so I've been a big Knuckles fan Same. my entire life. He was my favorite Sonic the Hedgehog character. Same. Okay, so for years, I had the hardest time deciding. He was deciding... the original edgy character before Shadow showed up. That Well, yes, that is true. <laughs> but then edgy, like Shadow took yeah. it and ran oh, with no, it yeah, 100%. Sure. He was the Piccolo before Vegeta. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, but like Knuckles, I, I never was able to cast someone as Knuckles in my head. Oh, I've had castings for Knuckles for I had maybe eons. Vin Diesel because of a poster I saw nah. years ago, but never again. And then when I heard Idris Elba was doing it, I went, okay, you know, yeah. that actually works. And I'm hearing all, the, qualif the qualifier is you need a deep voice. That's, yeah. That's really it. So yeah, I, agree. I think he's good. Uh, no, I, I'm super excited. It makes me wonder, like, was there any effort in the casting of Tails and Sonic? Like... Well, I, I, who they have cast as Sonic is great. He did great, but I mean, like, it just makes me think, like, could we have had a celebrita or something? I, I don't know, man. He, uh, I mean, he's he's got some, like, he's in a bunch Re of shit. Sonic recasted Nicolas Cage. But, Let it happen. Oh, my God. Let it happen. Nicolas Cage as Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> Chaos control, Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a gun, Sonic. Uh... <laughs> Uh, the cast for the Avatar The Last Airbender live action Netflix show came out. It's a bunch of unknown people. They're, you know, they're young. They're it might kids. be for the best. Yeah, because they're kids. But so. they look good. It's like they're a people of Asian descent. The kid from Stranger Things is now playing <laughs> Aang. <laughs> Let ben Jesus. Schwartz is the voice of Son of the Hedgehog. Yeah, Ben Schwartz. Thank and he you. was in uh, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Who do you play in Parks and Rec? Uh, John Ralphio. Yeah. Someone's gonna have to give me a. Never uh, mind. It's fine. It's fine. I've run oh, out of the, money. Yeah. Leslie, no. The rich guy. Oh, the guy who sings a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. Wow, he did a good job. Who has the a, has the annoying sister? Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Don't be cool. suspicious. But, Don't be suspicious. <laughs> Don't be anyway. suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Uh, yeah. So he's Sonic, and he did a great job. Mm. Uh, moving on. Willem Dafoe has specifically said no comment when asked about if he's appearing in No Way Home. Okay. No Way Home. Which clearly means he's appearing in Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, sure. you, don't, you don't say no comment like that if you're not. But it could also just be a voiceover or something lame like Even that. Even then, that's, but that still means that they're going to acknowledge his goblin in some way, shape, or form. Which sure. I'm here for. Okay. That's cool. Um, uh, oh, uh, tracking the unending saga of the Powerpuff Girls live action. Oh, the dumpster fire, yes. <laughs> uh, Chloe Bennett has officially exited the project, so they no just longer due have to a blossom. quote, unquote, scheduling, scheduling conflict. Just, just so one it. of two, there's two rumors here. One is, like, like her leaving Logan Paul, she decided to leave that dumpster fire. Mm -hmm. Or there's also a rumor that she might be making a return to the MCU, which is pretty cool. I mean, you could also just take a look at that script and be like, yeah, this might not pan yeah. out in a way that I thought. Agreed. Uh, now, the there, question is, did she read the script before taking the role? That nah. well, They've already <laughs> gone back to do reshoots. So, yeah, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> uh, when, during an interview about another movie, Taika, Taika Waititi said that he's still trying to get that Akira movie made. Oh. So a live-action Akira? Live-action Akira, Akira, whatever. Uh, Weebs, correct me in the Akira. In Twitter. Yes. Akira, yes. Akira. Uh, directed by Taika Waititi, 
I'm here. Wasn't he also in our topic for today, Suicide Squad? Yes. He's in there. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Ah. Well, Taika's like everywhere right now, which I'm, I'm totally okay with. Uh, He's also in Free Guy. Yes, he is. Is that out yet? Yeah. It okay. came out already? Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm a oh, little bit hesitant. I've got like pixel flashbacks and shit. No, but it's Ryan Reynolds. I'm here for it. Um, okay. Oh, so okay. We, Detective we, Pikachu, don't steer us wrong. Well, we conveniently forgot Green Lantern, didn't we? No, I mean, but he didn't. He'd have anything to do with the production. Yeah, process he's on not. That why one. that movie sucks? He actually right. does have something to do with Free Guy, apparently. So, All right. I don't know. Uh, I'm just saying. Uh, also, in other casting news, we got casting for the new Adams Family movie. Yeah, cool. And I don't know how Go- I feel about Gomez one of them. Gomez and Morticia, right? So we got Morticia Adams okay. is being played by Catherine Zeta-Jones. Perfect. Okay, I'm here for it. Rocking. Now. For the casting for Gomez Adams, the problem presented with me and a lot of other people is that we love Raul Julia's Gomez from the two Adams family movies. I was about the same thing say the same thing for Morticia. I can't think of anyone else beyond her. Yes, She's so but here's the thing, but she is just like the comic book character. Okay. Raul Julia wasn't. Raul okay. Julia is much more handsome than comic book character Gomez Adams. Oh, right, because he has a little bit more of a round... Yeah, yeah, Because comic head. book character Gomez Adams is rounded and kind of, like, sleazy looking. Yes. So, with that in mind, Luis Guzman is playing Gomez Adams. Okay. You do, you know who that who I'm is. I'm also right? just horrible with names, He's so. in Boogie Nights. Uh, he was in Community. <laughs> oh, my God, everyone's episode. in Community. Yeah. Oh, uh, Jesus, man. He's been... He's one of the those... Waiting. He's yeah. one of those guys... Oh, he's in Waiting? No shit. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's oh, my God. He's been Gomez in so Adams. many movies. Yeah. Holy crap. But yeah. he's one of those guys like, it's that guy. No, but he's also a good character actor, too. So No, he isn't, though. No? He always plays himself. He's oh, like one okay. of those. Uh-huh. Which concerns me a little bit because even the sleazy version of Gomez still has a suaveness to him. Well, he's a romantic, so. And I don't know if Luis can pull it off. I hope he can. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doom Patrol Season 3 comes out in September. Oh, thank Christ. Uh, if you guys haven't watched Doom Patrol, please, please do, do so. It's, it's, it's a, a beacon of creativity in all of DC's stuff. And uh, I, please, I, I openly encourage you to support the On show. the opposite end, Titans is out. Don't watch it. Here's the thing, though. I've been hearing people say that, like, Titan Season 3 is some of the best cape TV I've right, seen. Right, but it takes two seasons of mediocrity to get there. I get that. It's another arrow. Right. Uh, After two seasons of something, that's already Stockholm Syndrome. I'm not watching it. I mean, people... I'm done. I might just watch Season 3, though. People say Fine. they like Final Fantasy 13, and they say it takes 20 hours before that game gets good. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. And this is the last thing I want to talk about, just because I'm disappointed to know this. Uh... I haven't watched it yet, but Marvel's What If just came out yesterday. Oh, I saw it. Yesterday. I wow, haven't seen it Wow, that's my reason I didn't even say it. Yeah. It I haven't okay. been able to watch it because uh, Miss Fortune and I haven't had the chance to... Oh, no, Miss... Chi- uh, uh, Mischievous. Mischievous and I... She's had more had name the, changes than ha- you. Ha- <laughs> <laughs> haven't had the chance to, like, overlap our schedules to watch it together. But I just found out that Marvel rejected a Spider-Man uh, episode for it being too body horror. Oh, the spider. Based on what we know about it, it would have been him turning into Man Spider. Huh. And I'm very disappointed in that. I love Man that would, Spider. I do too. And I think that would have been dope as fuck. And that's probably the only place we would have gotten Man Spider. So, like, Marvel versus DC. Uh, Man Spider versus Man Bat. Uh, depends on the version of Man Spider, but usually Man Spider. 
I mean, Bam Bam can fly. Yeah, but Man Spider maintains the comparative strength of a spider. Okay. Oh, okay. All uh, right. He's even stronger than Peter. Fair, fair. So, like, sure, man back and fly, but what's he going to do? Fly away? Like, as soon as the man he spider... He can bring t- something. <laughs> or even gets within range for man spider also, to web technically, him. I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in Spider-Verse or Edge of Spider-Verse, where they brought back man spider, his webbing was stronger than it's ever been. Oh, yeah. So, if he were to web up to fucking, yeah. uh, uh, let's say... They're in Gotham, for right. example. Right. Do you just web us? Yeah. He would just capture Man Bat. Yep. Man Bat can't get out. Right. Man Bat is pretty fucking stupid as well. Man Spider wins if they are uh, web lusted. Got it. Understood. Yes, web lusted. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, I love Man Bat for the record. He's one of my favorite Batman, like, uh, favorite member of Batman's Rogue Gallery. But uh-huh. no, it's, it's, it's Man Spider for sure. But I saw but I'm the... disappointed. Sorry. No, what, I saw if? the what if. Just to sort of tell you about it. It's a lot like my Resident Evil Let's Plays, actually, where I swap characters out. Like, okay. what if this character well, yeah, went that's, this that's route? That's what, what yeah. if is. So it was really. Like, I like the idea. Well, it's based on a, on a, on a comic book series where Marvel right. does that. It's what if, and then poses a question. Right. Like for example, there's uh, what if the Hulk had landed on the planet he was supposed to land on? Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if you know this storyline, but War World Hulk all starts because a group of Marvel douchebags exile right, with Hulk, planet the Illuminati, Hulk. Yeah. and yeah. all that. Yeah. But he doesn't land on the planet he's supposed to. Instead, he crash lands on War World. Okay. And that's how he becomes War World Hulk. Sakaar. Mm-hmm. This I think Marvel, it was. yeah. This uh, comic explains what happens if he lands on the planet he was supposed to, which is a habitable planet with no intelligent life. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that like the radiation in that planet actually sustains him in Hulk form, and he becomes immortal. Huh. So he actually lives long enough to see intelligent life develop on the planet. Jesus Christ. And like, the comic ends with like a father and son talking about the spirit of the forest, and you see, like, the Hulk do, like, this to the kid before he disappears. Puts a finger <laughs> to his mouth. Yeah, I think as, it's pretty cool. As the Hulk oh, yeah, sneaks sorry. away in his giant ass, Well, he's learned to be sneaky in his millennia of You're being right. alive. It took a few years, but he got but, it. Uh, but no, so that's the whole point of what if. It just poses a question. And that's what they're doing with the show, and I think it's really cool. Comparatively, DC has Elseworlds. Elseworlds, it's, yeah. It's something to do when you run out of ideas for a character. What if we, you know, put this here? No, I know. Clark Kent was adopted by the Waynes. Well, see, that's, that's another one. The interesting thing about that, too, is sometimes things are supposed to be Elseworlds and then get put into canon. Like, yeah. for example, the killing joke is supposed to be an alternate timeline. Hmm. But then it's adopted into the canon. Were Marvel zombies also supposed to be like a what if kind of thing? Yeah. They are, yeah. Yeah. But then it became canon right. in like their multiverse. But like, because the, the thing about the killing joke is, and the writer has confirmed it. At the last panel of The Killing Joke, Batman has Joker by the throat. And you just see Joker's laughing, laughing, and then the laughter ends. Mm-hmm. According to the writer... Wow, spoilers. Great work. Sorry. <laughs> that is the... that But uh, but the thing is, things from that comic got written into canon. Like Barb's uh, being paralyzed. paralyzed. The Red Hood The Red Hood thing, line. yeah. All of that. So if they put that into canon, they kind of had to say, oh, no... So things that were supposed to be like alternate, that's one of the few cases where it kind of got forced into canon. I think that's really interesting. Hmm. Okay. Anyway. Any uh, other news? We can, I... No, we can hop back off that tangent. I'm done. No, that's fine. <laughs> um, do you have any other news? Because I got no, news. That is where I'm ending it. Uh, Marvel, really be better. <laughs> really? What? I'm disappointed oh, that he's so man spider. spider. Got it. Be uh, better. Really You're quick. Top of uh, your class speaking right of now. comics, 
uh, King Spawn to come out uh, August yes. 25th. I have no idea what the story is about, but it's selling out pre-orders. It sold out about 430,000 copies. Jesus. And that's not counting the digitals, but apparently everybody's pre-ordering it. It also has 10 fucking variant covers. Uh, and there's Gunslinger Spawn that's coming in October. And later on after that, I think in the winter, we're having The Scorched, which is Gunslinger Spawn, Spawn, She Spawn, The Redeemer, and more surprises, according to Todd McFarlane. Cool. Which, where the fuck is that Spawn movie? It's still happening. Uh, as far as I'm aware, it's still in pre-production, though. Jesus. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they just put all the assets. You know what allegedly is still in pre-production? Because I checked with uh, George, who was talking. No, it was you talking about Gambit and the Channing Tatum movie. It's still labeled as pre-production. It it isn't canceled. I don't. But Channing's done. He's out. I guarantee you he's not in it He's still attached to it, according to IMDb. Yeah, but IMDb's super unreliable, dude. I'm just letting you know. IMDb told me there was going to be a David Boreanaz uh, Submariner movie, okay? Uh, oh only. my god, I remember when people were saying um, that Harry Mason was going to be played by Johnny Depp and then David oh, Boreanaz, Jesus. and then look who ended up playing in the movie, who was just a mom with Rose. Uh-huh. So yeah, no, castings, they change, yep. so who knows? Yeah. Um, Alright, so I've got a bit of news, so here we go. Um, first things first, I know we're not doing any uh, moments of silence, but I definitely did want to bring up um, someone who passed away recently, R.I.P. Trevor Moore from The Whitest Kids You Know. Um, I, I personally, you know, me and my friends, we used to watch the show all the time and, you know, a lot of humor from that show really built our sense of humor. Oh, yeah. A gallon of PCP? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot of really great ones in what there. Yeah, slow what jerking. You... Oh my God. They, you know, the audience You don't can't. do that. You don't do <laughs> Don't touch. No, no, don't. But, um, no, I mean, just, it's the saddest thing though, I think, honestly, in my opinion, is just seeing all of my friends be sad you know what i mean because of how much it affected them like i liked whitest kids you know but it wasn't anything i did a lot sure but like seeing cody seeing Vinny, like they took it really hard and it was like shit you know so you know r.i.p trevor moore uh, a great committee gone too soon honestly 41 it was an accident yeah so like jesus christ anyway um uh rest in peace uh local sex pot Yes, local sex pot. I know I'm going to be kicking myself. Like, why didn't you mention this Whitest Kids You Know episode? But you know what? I'm going to sit here referencing all of them. Go watch the show. It's really funny. Um, Moving on. uh, This is a quick one. Abandoned. So Abandoned was this uh, game that was going to be given more detail on, on a certain, uh, I think it was just like yesterday. They were doing okay. a countdown and every, on all the whole nine yards. It's going to be a horror game that has a huge AAA backing. And we're pretty sure it's Kojima because Kojima does this shit like all the time. Where okay. he, he pretends to be an indie game studio, and then it's like, oh, surprise, it's a Kojima game. I mean, he doesn't do it all the time. I mean, he, and he, he can't te- do it all the time because he's released like eight games in his whole life. Well, <laughs> and technically, he is an indie studio. It's true. Well, he yeah, I guess. But I'm just saying, like, he he sometimes doesn't say it's him. He did it with right. MGSV. He did it with Phantom Pain. Or not Phantom Pain. Um, he did it with PT. PT, which is what I was trying to say. Yeah, like, he's done it, and this is, I guess, just a method for him. Regardless, everyone waited for that time. When the countdown reached zero, <gasps> nothing happened. Like, at all? Nothing happened. Like I guess... The real abandon were the friends that we made along the way. <laughs> the joke was everyone was abandoned that night. But the idea was they put on Twitter, they were like, so something went wrong with the app we were trying to release and we fucked up the timing. And it's like, Jesus Christ, that's not a good sign for your game. But whatever, moving on with that. 
Um, Halo Infinite. Oh, so you still don't know who's doing Abandoned? No, not yet. But there was a snippet. There's a snippet of a character walking in a hallway, and Adrian, the character wears a green jacket and blue jeans. No. I, uh, no. Everyone's going there, but I don't want to go there, but I don't think so. It's not. I don't think so either. But they, but you know, it's gonna be him with brown hair. But you know, they (laughs) did remake almost all of the assets for the Pachinko. Same thing for MGS three. So I, I just, I don't know. They could, but they can't. I move on. I'm moving on because I'm like getting heated. Halo Infinite (laughs) has an install um, file size of over a hundred gigabytes. Yeah. That is a big, big boy of a game. I mean, and these file sizes are just getting bigger. That's not even with uh, like post patch updates and shit like that. Sure. You know what I mean? Or like, the multiplayer, because the multiplayer is separate. I mean, Red Dead uh, Red Dead was also fucking massive. Well, any Rockstar game is just fucking massive. Yeah, but so they, I- but like, by the end of like three DLCs, they'll reach 120 or something. Like, the base game, I mean, granted, we are going to get bigger and bigger as games come out, but it's just kind of something to think about when you're buying your hard drive space yeah, for your absolutely. PS5. So... I don't know. Might be yeah, a deal like, breaker. Uh, the PS5 and the Xbox, blah, 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 blah. Oh, well, the Infinite's definitely not going to be on PS5, so I meant just Xbox. Right, <laughs> but both of them launched with with what? A terabyte. Right. And that's not enough when like these games are 60 to 90 to 100 gigs each, man. Right. Halo Infinite, is it, the multiplayer is separate as far as I understand. That's mm. 100 gigs of just what? An eight-hour story well, at best? Luckily for at least Master it's not Chief Collection, be infinite. at least for Master Chief Collection, you can choose which which segments yes, to download, which is great, which helps. Right, but, but that like, wasn't at launch. Right, well, they had to later let you. I don't separate. know about that. Is that true? I didn't even know that. Yeah, at okay. launch you had to get it all together, and then when they noticed that it was too big, they separated it and piecemealed it for Game Pass and for uh, so that for PC. That's what's important. If it's too big, you just go a little bit at a time. That's the important lesson to learn here. Um, moving on, uh, okay. Dead by Daylight has had some advancements really quick. One, we're fairly pretty, 100, maybe 98% sure that the killer is Hellraiser coming to cool. Dead by Daylight. Um, so far, we've got a bunch of letters that spell Razor, and then the rest, we found someone said Hell on one audiogram on their Discord, so we're pretty sure it's Hellraiser, but we don't know for sure. Um, and the last, oh, well, no, I wonder if we'll get, like, other Cenobites as skins. That'd be fun, because there's a ton of them, why not? Um, and then another patch note that they uh, they actually fixed Pyramid Head's ass. So Pyramid Head, when he came out, had a big ass. And then at Fucking some meaty point, dump truck. At some Aww. point, it got so much attention that someone at Behavior like was like, all right, let's tone it down. And they toned no. it down. People got pissed. Oh, and now so, it's patched so back they, into they the game. they thickened him. Yes. Yeah. And people are saying he got rebuffed. Because he was debuffed and now he's back to his standard. So that's fun. Like um, last things to mention. Did they fix the anniversary thing? Because I remember you were complaining about Oh, the anniversary's how- over. Right, but did they ever end up fixing it? Yeah, I mean, the, the Raccoon City Police Department map worked for like the last week of the anniversary or whatever. Oh. So, I mean, it, I mean, it was there. And I, honestly, it's just it was a very lukewarm anniversary. They barely, I don't know, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot different from the last year. Uh, well, I guess with Resident Evil, they had their hands tied. Moving on. Uh, so back for blood. Speaking of back for blood, there's a weird thing going on with the. the by the way, I didn't mention this before. They call these things the the creatures in this game writers. Which okay. I want to ask you guys now: Is the word "infected" 
like too specific to Left 4 Dead, or could they have just called them infected? Why not zombies? I know I, I'm not yeah, a, like right. yeah. I feel like they think zombies is too easy, but like we're not saying the Z word. Just, well, use infected. Who there cares? Is a, there is an argument to make that in order for the word zombies to exist, zombie movies have to exist in that universe. And if zombie movies exist in that universe, and you still fall victim to a zombie apocalypse, you deserve to die. I'm just saying. Well, I'll tell you, in the <laughs> Left 4 Dead universe, there are zombie movies. I know, and they do call them zombies. I know. I'm just saying, calling them ridden is kind of awkward. Just call them infected. But regardless of that, I the what else calls them infected? Because I think they're also vaguely uh, twenty-eight days, twenty-eight weeks later. That's true. They're they call infected. infected. Yes. Yep. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. They 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 just they don't use the Z word. I'm sure Resident Evil does it once or twice. They call them infected. Yeah. They they really just B-O-W's, interchange it. They don't you know. give a fuck in Resident Evil. They'll call yeah. them whatever they want. But the idea is the infected in that game or the ridden. Um, their sound effects work in the sense that uh, they'll make a growl and then they'll layer another growl on top of it to sort of vary it up so that each growl sounds different. Okay. But there is a specific combination of growls that make it sound like the N-word. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. And I, I saw this article and I was like, oh, who would Polygon, you kitschy assholes, like trying to come up with a random because they did the same thing with Persona 5. Yeah. And it was like, that's not true. That didn't happen. But when you listen to the clip, it's no, like, oh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit, that actually does sound like that. What did he just call me? And there's two different clips, so it's not just a one-time yeah. deal. It is a, a combination of sound effects that they have programmed. And it's not like if you kind of squint your ears. No, it straight up sounds like this zombie is running up and throwing out some some slurs. But like yelling it at yeah. you, and it's like, what the fuck? So I mean, Back for Blood, the, the team already addressed it, and they say they're gonna fix it. That's how I already knew that it was a combination of two sound effects. But could you imagine playing <laughs> this game? <laughs> just like, what the uh-huh. fuck, dude? I mean, just to piggyback off that, I hate to bring it. Well, I, I don't hate to bring it up. This is actually a good thing. There's like a couple of people. There's a guy out there, guy or girl, I don't know who it is. In Red Dead Redemption 2's online, oh, yeah, dude. just mercilessly, for good reason, slaughtering so, KKK characters. There are there are roleplay groups in Red Dead Online. Sure, they do the pe- same for GTA. Where people roleplay as KKK members. I'm sorry, what? Yes. Yeah. And this is so on an official wear, server and they're allowed to do this? Like, what? So they, they wear all white costumes and they specifically go out and like hunt black characters like it's a thing. Oh my god. So this dude who's a really good player. I mean, he is exceptional. He's he's on TikTok. He's made his whole thing about hunting these roleplay groups. So you'll see him walk into a meeting where there's like eight players having their clan meeting uh-huh. and he kill he he walk he sneaks up dynamite arrow and then kills all of them it's fucking beautiful i mean i it's don't play the amazing. game but is he accepting positions in his <laughs> army because i mean it sounds like a fun obje- I, i'm sorry i don't give a fuck like it's on the level of nazis where it's right. like kkk members also there they're yeah. just a a villainous yeah. you know group of people that it's easy to just be like yeah let's make them our fodder for Agreed. today that's fine Which, you know this isn't the first game you get to kill the kkk Mafia 3 lets you kill the oh, yeah. KKK. And also one of the games that James and I love, Wolfenstein 2, the fucking KKK are trying to learn German and you get to kill them too. Yeah. And there you go. It's, it's, see, it's people say there's no good enemy variety in games. Come on. <laughs> in any case. But still, like, that's... 
I don't know. I kind of feel like if a zombie were to say the N-word, we'd all fucking name him the KKK zombie or something. Did you just like, oh my God, the clan has arrived in zombie form. <laughs> yeah. We didn't think it could get worse, but Jesus. Um, no, okay. So last bit of news, and this is the last one, I promise. Really quick. Your boy is the name of the of the player who's going around killing KKK Your boy? Zombies. Yeah. Y-U-H-B-O-I. Nice. You were killed by your boy. Yeah. Holla at your boy. <laughs> Uh, so last thing is I'm having a poll on Bone King. By the time this podcast comes out, it'll already be over. But uh, I just want to let you guys know I'm deciding what game I'm going to play for summer. And I thought it'd be fun just to tell you which one's winning. So right now, it was a three-way tie between Super Mario Sunshine, uh-huh. Left 4 Dead 2, mm-hmm. and uh, oh my god, and Final Fantasy Tactics. Okay, I'd like it to oh, be known this motherfucker took off Dino Crisis. Because Resident Evil always wins. So whenever you put Resident Evil on a poll in my discord, it will always win so? because they know what you're about. Right. So like I wanted to do something a little different and Dino Crisis is essentially a Resident Evil game. Like it's very close. So I was like, no, let's take that one out. So right now, Super I Mario for Sunshine. Well, Sunshine is in the lead I'm by seven. Disappointed. Di- well, be disappointed more because I'll, I'll play it eventually. Don't worry. <laughs> in any case, that's all I got for news. I'm done. I think we're good, right? Yeah, I think we're we're off to uh, to review the squad suicide. Yes, I'm glad he gave us that. Like as his thoughts were happening in real time, you know that was important. It was good pacing. Yeah. But we'll catch Who you said guys? I can't do a William Shatner impression? <laughs> Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why, Why is, is he climbing, climbing a mountain? mountain? Uh, we'll catch you in a minute, freaks. There's someone on the wing. Some. Thing on the wing. <laughs> this is James, Dr. Rude Ramos, and you're listening to the Fan Freaks podcast. Make sure to check us out at our layer, the Fan Freaks Facebook page, and on Twitter. And remember, that's F A N F R E E K S. Follow us or else. Thank you for coming, Captain Audience. We've been looking for someone like you to join our squad for quite some time. Now, over here, I want to introduce you to your fellow teammates. Hiya. Over here, we have the dude. He is the masterful dude of doodliness. Our records don't indicate what that means, but we're still hoping to find out to this day. Well, that's just like over your here. opinion, man. And over here is Dr. Rude, the professor of being pedantic and argumentative and aggressively opinionated. You forgot the MD. Oh, of course I did, didn't I? And over here is Bone King. Uh, he is pedantic and argumentative and aggressively opinionated. Wait a minute, are you taking the piss right now? That's that's my thing. Yeah, but what I do is I do it better. Motherfucker. <laughs> Welcome to uh, the Fan Freaks reaction review of the Suicide Squad. What are All we? All three of us would die. What are we? Some <laughs> yeah. sort of Suicide Squad? I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. There's a certain <laughs> character that I thought for sure was dead, and it turns out, you know, oh. he wasn't. Uh, By the way. Oh, spoiler. Yeah, yeah. We should probably mention. At this point. Uh, do you want to say while we feel about it, spoiler free? Like, you know. Sure. Yeah, we okay. can do that. So, like a mini special. Overall, I enjoyed it. I, gi- I love the movie. Loved I give it. it a solid nine, maybe an eight. Yeah. But eight really, I, I would watch it again and again. This ha- is really fun. I've already seen it three times. <laughs> I, I think one and a half, just because my boyfriend was watching it with uh, his dad. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, eight out of ten for myself as well. Okay. It, it succeeded in every way the first one failed, and like clearly, whoever wrote the characters for this, James Gunn. Yeah, sorry, you're right. James Gunn clearly understands how to make likable characters more than fucking David Ayer. 
and to use superpowers in a way that feels creative. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Less than just, oh, they have their power and they do it. It's something right. with their power and it's, yeah. So I really enjoyed it. So we're ready to jump into spoilers? At that point, yes. We All like right, I'm go. diving into the eyeball of spoilers. Let's do it. <laughs> We would like to warn our, our our freaks listening in that from this point on, there will be spoilers pretty much until the end of the episode. So yeah. if you haven't seen it yet, go and pause here. Go watch Suicide Squad and make sure you come back to us because we'd love to talk but, to you about please it. Come back, yeah, please come back. Don't forget. Please, please. <laughs> don't forget. <laughs> also, um, if you haven't watched it yet, what's fucking wrong with you? Agreed. I'll be calling to remind you. <laughs> I'm give a quick I think summary it's 97% on, on Rotten Tomatoes. do something about so. that cough. I'm going to get a quick summary on what the movie is about. Uh, I think I'm not the best person for that. No, I, I got us. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, so it is a tech, it is a sequel to 2016 Suicide Squad. Right. Uh, is it actually yeah. related? Yeah, it's tech. Yes. yes. So the Captain Boomerang of that yes. movie is the same one from the yes. previous. Yes. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same with Richard Black, same with Amanda Waller. As a matter of fact, huh. Harley, uh, a really great, uh, a really great uh, moment of like continuity with Harley is Harley's uh, tattoo on her back that used to say property of Joker uh-huh. that we first see in the Suicide Squad and then uh, and, I, and then we see it at the beginning of uh, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. Mm. Uh, in this movie, she's clearly gotten a cover or, or tattoo removal or something and now it says property of no one on her back, which I thought was a really cool little bit of continuity because yeah. it reflects her breakup with him in Birds of Prey. I also, also Harley, Rick, and Boomerang have a lot of camaraderie. Com- yeah, camaraderie. that's something else too. That like we're expected to take their uh, experiences from the first movie. Well, I wouldn't say Boomerang really has a lot of com- camaraderie. She gets like super upset when he dies. Yeah, and she's happy to see him yeah. when she gets on the. Fucking oh, you plane. mean between Harley? I thought you were talking yeah. about between Flag and Boomerang. And no, I was like they don't no, really. No, Harley's no. the connective tissue. Right, right. Yeah, which honestly, she's honestly, the I'm happy that we all need. I'm actually kind of happy Jai Courtney's not in this movie. So, <laughs> uh, I'm kind of upset. I liked him as Boomerang. Nah, I, I will be admit the little fine. bit we got of him in this movie was better than all we got of him in the first one. All letters and names, dickhead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he wasn't wrong. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so it, it is a continuation, but it's a soft continuation that it doesn't. It's not overly referential. Mm. It kind of tries to separate itself from the original movie. Since most of them die anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, I, by the way, we all saw this coming, right? What? The whole team wipeout in the beginning. I don't know about that. Not, I definitely not did. Not with the new... I didn't think Falula was going to die so early on. And I was a little disappointed by that. Well, I knew as soon as a dude was throwing his arms and the weasel dies, like the minute he touches the water, <laughs> it's like... Did. Anyway, we'll get there. No, we'll... Yeah, but so you know what I mean. the point is... Uh, and it follows a similar premise to the first one. You don't there, know that he lives in the yeah, but right. right there is a government uh, black ops uh, uh, outfit uh, that basically takes prisoners from Bell Rev, which are super powered or otherwise super villainous uh, people. Somehow this is a secret team. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And get well, that's the whole point of this. I mean, this is only this. Well, presumably they've had other missions. But that's the thing. It's that there's been a whole bunch of teams that they're just recycling. There haven't been through. that many though. I don't know because there was apparently the movie before, and then right. the one that's wiped out here, and it seems like they're just they have a whole list. Task Force X is very yeah. nebulous. People but are I making mean, bets black, in the fucking yeah, uh, situation. Yeah, black room. Ops teams are a thing, though. Like that's no, I know. It's just how secretive can you keep? Oh, hey, my my friend that you ice powers sure. isn't around anymore. Where would he go? But uh, <laughs> so it is like I said, a government bla- uh, a black ops uh, outfit that takes these prisoners, offers them some kind of deal on their. Multiple lifetime, ten years off your triple lifetime sentence. Yeah, I don't know how that works. <laughs> uh, More often exchange- than not, these guys just join up just to do something. Yeah, exactly. In exchange for 
going on on these missions. Right. But her collateral is that she has a microchip implanted into the base of their skull. Right. That Amanda Waller can then detonate at any point in time should anyone become insubordinate. Right. And, uh, sorry, go ahead. Was there anything no, else you want no, to establish? No, I was just saying, and so in this particular movie, what separates it from the first one is as opposed to one team, there's technically two. Yeah, and but this, but it, the first team serves as a really good buildup for what the Suicide Squad is supposed yeah, to be. Absolutely, it was all very expendable, right? It, it was all very dissonant in the original Suicide Squad, where they were like, "You guys are expendable. We just picked people, and you know, you're we're who, who we put together." But they all had very special backstories, yeah. and it had it had to be them, and it was all very uh, discordant. Yeah, it didn't really mesh very well because are they important or are they expendable? You can't be both. Yeah. That's the whole thing. And, like, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but I just want to mention, like, one thing that this movie did so much better was the scale of threat they were up against. That, too, yes. Like, this, A, it's There scaled, wasn't a sky beam. It's got, it scaled up, and it wasn't a sky beam that threatened the whole world. Well, it was important that that wasn't the initial, like, mission. It just happened to be that right. that was there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah, the it, the power scaling is correct. But what I mean by having the previous team wipe out, it really helps hit home that this team is not expected to survive. Whereas in the previous movie, well, did you really think they would? Also, like, that Amanda Waller is a fucking <clears throat> ice queen. No, this movie did a really good job with her character and actually making her scary. Capital C Prime USDA Prime fucking cunt. Oh yeah, like the way she threatens uh fucking Bloodsports' daughter. Yeah. yeah, like that is fucking brutal, and that is well, yeah. so Amanda. But you Waller. needed that. Oh no, it, it wasn't there in, in the original Suicide Squad. She just was very aggressive. Bitchy, that yeah. was just it. Agreed. Like, which I did mention to James when we were watching it that oh, this is a very similar, like almost reverse of Deadshot in 2016 Squad. Will Smith's character where he's like doing everything oh, for his absolutely. daughter. But then we I, yeah. have kind of like the James Gunn version of it where it's like, no, he's he's a shitty father. He knows he's a shitty father and he'll break out into a fuck you uh, off, yeah. so to speak, with his own daughter, which honestly was very realistic. Could, could I wasn't imagine? fake as fuck I like Will it. Smith. Could you imagine if it was like the previous Suicide Squad and in that scene where, where she's talking to her dad, Batman just shows up, <laughs> your visitation hours are over. Get out. Yeah. No, like it, like, like Bloodsport was absolutely supposed to be, uh, no, this is how you do that character, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely looked at that previous story. 100%. <laughs> um, there, there's some things that I really want to talk about because the place that they're at is called Corto Maltese. Yes. And I actually did a little bit of uh, research into this. Corto Maltese is fictional. It actually exists in DC canon, but it was first mentioned in 1989's Batman where Vicky Vale photographed war horrors there and fucking Bruce Wayne's like, oh, how was Corto Maltese and shit? So it's interesting that uh, James Gunn kind of like paid homage to what came before almost. I mean, I feel like you have so many locations in comic books, you he could just mention a, a great board. one, which was Santa Prisca. Yeah, I, I kind of wish they would have made it Santa Prisca instead, just to introduce it. For those of you who don't know, Santa Prisca is the uh, fictional South American country that Bane is from. Oh, fun! And I thought which that a, would have been a which really is cool... almost basically where Cuba is. Yeah, because exactly. Santa Prisca is basically Cuba. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I thought that would have been really cool. But it's, they went with Corto Maltese, which is a much more obscure reference. But, but, but again, just from this beginning part, as we're just kind of getting into the story, I already like the fact that we've established that they are disposable yes. instead of being told they're disposable. 
That's I want to go difference. over the cast of characters real quick. Sure. Just so people know what we're talking about. So we had three returning characters. Well, four returning characters. We had uh, Amanda Waller. Uh, fuck, Wait, what? do you want to talk about Viola Davis. the teams Viola Davis, or just the, the te- people outside of it right now? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about just the returning characters first because they're relevant to the beginning okay. of the story. We had Viola Davis returning as uh, as Amanda Waller. Right. We had Margot Robbie returning as Harley Quinn. Uh, by the way, someone who has... She's reached that level of like Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Yeah. I think she owns Harley now. Like, that's hers. Yeah. I definitely like what she's done with the character, but I still would like to see at some point traditional Harley with the, the accent and the, the fucking Harlequin out. She has a version of the accent. She yeah. ha- but that's what I'm saying. She has. I'm not saying this one's bad at all. I like the way she plays this character. I just would also like to see animated series Harley, which is, by the way, which is a weird thing throw- to want to see. One of my favorite throwaway jokes in the whole movie. Is where Falula's character is like, yeah, American women love uh, love accents. She's like, yeah, it's because we don't got none. Yeah, and she has an accent. Joke. Yeah, but uh, um, we saw Joel Kinnaman return as a uh, as Rick, Rick Flag, Flag mm. proving, by the way, that the problem with Rick Flag was not Joel Kinnaman in the first one. Right, it was the script. Uh, and well, we he had, was the only one keeping it like structured. Like yeah, he was the he the writer kept using him shit to like this is Katana. Her swords. This is the writer. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. She's uh, got my back. Yeah. She's got my back. And then we had uh, Jai Courtney returning as Captain Boomerang. For a very short period of time, but yes. yes. Uh, other than that, we also had John Cena as Peacemaker. Per- the most perfect so casting good. in this entire it's, film. No, it's amazing. It's I, don't, I cannot pick someone better Pete for Pete Davidson as Blackguard. Honestly, I was just happy to see him in something. Like He, mm-hmm. he was happy to be there, and I'm happy for him. Uh, Sylvester Stallone doing the voice of King Shark. Well, also his name is Nanawe. Also, the boy. also known as my most recent crush. <laughs> Excellent. Adorable. Bird. Daniela Malkior as uh, Ratcatcher 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, Idris Elba as Bloodsport. Nathan Fillion as TDK. I didn't know that until I saw the really? credits. And I was like, what the fuck? That's Captain Hammer? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, I love the reaction that Flag and Harley had to see TDK Break off the arms and what go. The fuck? <laughs> and he's just slapping. Anyway, uh, and I'm did, gonna mess did this no up. One, did no one test any of their powers? Clearly I not. Guess not. Right? Fucking weasel can't swim. Uh, Bloodsport's afraid of rats. But they, why spend all this money on outfits like this if they can't even test the powers ones? Whatever. David <laughs> and I'm gonna mess this up and I apologize. David Das Malchin as Polka Dot Man. Oh, did a great job in this. So movie. good. Uh, Alice, <laughs> uh, Michael Rooker. Playing uh, Savant. Savant, thank you. Uh, Falula Borg playing Javelin. We uh, Sean Gunn playing a double role. Weasel as, and Calendar as Man. Weasel as Cal- and Calendar Man. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, Calendar Man was in this movie? In, Very like, quick. One scene where they're pulling Savant out of the out of the the cell. Uh huh. And so, oh no, it's when they're pulling Polka Dot Man out of the cell. Is hey, I want you to do my kid's birthday party. The dude with the tattoo across his forehead. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that was supposed to be Calendar Man. Okay. Uh, and yeah, you could tell by the, the by the dates and by the dates on on his fo- on his head because he's Peter damaged. Ca- Peter Capaldi calendar. as Gaius Greaves, the thinker. Oh my god! So fucking good. So weird. Oh, and also really quick, Taika Waititi's in it for a few for a few seconds. That's yeah, what I brought up earlier. And Alice uh, Alice Braga. Who once again is playing a South American revolution uh, leader of a revolutionary the Queen army. of the South is yeah. in this show, yes, or in this movie, yes, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that's our whole cast of characters, pretty much there. And yeah, we talk. We were, we started talking about it, but Harley, Rick Flag, 
Uh, Boomerang. Boomerang. Uh, Javelin. Savant. Blackguard. Savant. That's Weasel. It, right? Weasel and TDK are all sent into the country of Corto Maltese uh-huh. on a mission. Quote, unquote. Only to be fucking... Oh, only eight to find out the Blackguard... Lied. Backstabbed them. Yeah. Right. But then Amanda Waller clearly knew that and just used them as a decoy to get Team 2 in. Is that what I was supposed to yeah. get there? Because I, I didn't get that um, Waller plan. She seemed frustrated the entire time. No, 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 so no, no. I was like, Amanda did Waller you plan definitely this? Did. I don't think so. For sure. I don't know. I don't trust any planning from Waller. Amanda Waller probably is the one that allowed him to have a way to communicate with the court. But if you look at the how this film goes, don't trust anything Waller says, even command-wise, because it will be wrong. Right, but there's also like um, having a traitor in the squad is very on point. Uh, oh, there's yeah. also well, yeah. I also again there, helps establish that these are there, criminals. There's also uh, a little Easter egg. John Osterman, the man who created the squad, is in the movie, and he is the one that puts the chip into Savant's head. Oh, that's him, right? And that's he helped. Cool. Oh, he yeah. helped James Gunn write it. That's and awesome. James Gunn has come out and said this is kind of like a continuation of his run of the squad, right. and in every issue. There was a traitor. Uh-huh. Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> so, so Blackguard tra- betraying them. Agreed. Very on point. I want to say uh, Paul Anthony Yosa schooled me on that a lot. I just want to give a shout out to him right now. He taught me the ways of the squad. But basically, they get sent to Corto Maltese uh-huh. to get Project Starfish from Jodenheim, which is a big military facility somewhere in this South American country. Uh-huh. While the South American country is in the middle of possible revolution. A coup d'etat. I, yes. I know we're in the first, like, literal, like, five minutes of right. the movie, but again, I'm going to have to have a tangent. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Really quick. Not to say it wasn't effective. It was extremely effective. The the squad wipeout scene. Yes. It was very effective. Uh-huh. It had a purpose in yes. this narrative, like, actually to establish that they are disposable criminals. The entire thing. It actually made sense. I hate that scene. That Why? not No, not that scene. I hate that trope. Whenever I see it... A bait and switch. No, 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 no. Because it's a bait and switch. Whenever a full team goes after something and it just goes to shit, happened in Deadpool 2, happened in here, happened in um, that superhero... Well, well, these are all superhero. Um, Indestructible, whatever, man. Invincible? Invincible. Like, just entire teams wiping out in a flash just breaks my heart. Oh, I get it, Flash. Like, it was a good scene, don't get me wrong. Right. But it always just makes me go, oh, fuck. Just The one fuck. that confuses me. It's like me. watching four death scenes in a Resident Evil game back to back to back to back. Mm. And it's like, oh, my God, my empathy yeah. hurts. So it did suck Wait, for so me. you have empathy for characters in meeting them after two minutes? When seeing them die that graphically, it's not that hard, I guess. That bo- that kind of body horror, it's not that hard for me to be like, yeah, that's what my body would do. You know, like. So the one death in that that really confuses me is Mongal, because she is Mongol's daughter. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, a helicopter crash should not have killed her. She burns alive. She should have been able to stand oh, up from that and it's been so fine. Bad. Yeah, and like dust herself off. Yeah, she should have been able to dust herself off. So they severely depowered her for this movie. Okay, but that was it. I just want to mention because every single time I see it, it, it worked the best in this movie. Yeah, I will say. Okay. I, I do want to point some things out. Gunn asked Warner, can I do this? Yeah. And Warner said, do whatever you want. And he said that's why he likes working for them is because they'll let him do whatever he wants. Right. And and he even wanted to kill Ratcatcher too. Yeah. 
and he changed his mind because I would have been too dark. But and still, I'm, and like, I'm glad he didn't because I liked her. Same, but still, the very she fact the that he's like, "Yo, Warner's letting me do whatever I want." They didn't even say anything during the dailies. Yep. They were like, "Oh, this is great. Keep going. Mm-hmm. This is great." And he felt a lot more freedom there. And I really do think, I think Gunn is going to become the Feige of DC I hope if so. they let him. I hope so. I'd rather him than uh, than Snyder. Also, for everyone that's like, oh, thank God Snyder wasn't in this. He produced it. Yeah. He helped Gunn of with this. You know, I've underst- I, I understand now the problem was David Ayer. Oh, yeah. No, I, the I, I didn't know this, like, after reading about it, and really David Ayer's name seems to be oh, the thing yeah. that keeps popping up in all these bad, no, bad movies. No, and now he's talking about how, like, the Ayer cut of uh, of Suicide Squad is... No. I'm good. Thank Fuck you. So, I mean, it is pretty commonly known that Warner Brothers butchered that, that cut. Yeah. He did write a movie that was vastly different than what was released. Sure, but nobody cares and about it. And I him, don't think it was Ayer. I don't think it was Snyder. I think the real villain in this was Kevin Sujahara, Warner Brothers CEO. I don't For know. Th- Let me explain then. We He's will the talk one about who the movie mandated and fired Snyder in right. the middle of production for Justice League right. and forced Josh Whedon to finish it before November, even though Josh Whedon repeatedly said, please, I need more time, reshoots and all that. No, it has to be shot and released in November for my bonus. Right. Before that, even for Squad, Squad didn't test well in the original dark cut because if you see the first trailer, it's very dark, very yeah. grimy and, and brooding, which is a Warner thing at that time. Uh-huh. Very Snyder-esque. And then what did they do? They completely changed the cut. They did a lot of color correction and they hired a completely different editing team to edit it with poppy circumstance. Uh, you've mentioned it in the past about how shitty the music is, like the music usage in it in, I, in the OG squad. Oh, every five seconds, yeah, never. Right. Yeah, no, that no. was entirely those editors that were editing the movie to be a trailer. Which, on that note, this movie handled licensed music Way a lot better. better to, oh, yeah. It spaced it out. Yeah, but, yes, but I'm just arguing. Yeah, that while yes, Air kind of an asshole, and I'm sure Snyder has some things too. But I really do think Kevin Sushihara, Warner Brothers, ex Warner Brothers CEO, because he was pushed out for sexual harassment right. allegations and abuse. So I really do think I'd rather blame him than actually blame a director that didn't have Final Cut. But even even without Final Cut, I think it's at least I think it's at least both of their faults then, because even without Final Cuts, the characterizations of characters are that couldn't have been edited better. Like there, there's nothing you could have done to save the way he made some of these characters. Um, yes, but there was also reshoots that he wasn't involved in. Sure. There's things there that we don't know about what happened. There's, what was it with, with Jared Leto? He said, there's an hour and a half of footage he shot. Uh We only saw 10 minutes. Yeah. And that 10 minutes is enough for me to not have wanted to see any of that. That's how I felt about the whole David Ayer cut. Yeah. Look, I'm, Look, I understand that I'm I'm on this side of the fence and you right. guys are on that one, but I'm not blaming a director for something he didn't have control over. But I, I'm guys, sorry, but guys, I, I don't. I blame Watchmen. <laughs> I just blame Watchmen for even bringing the idea of seriousness to comic books. Just it was a bad idea. <laughs> just take it out. Regardless of that, we will yes, talk about this. Movie. I will say this film is miles oh, yeah. better. Infinitely better than than 2016's cut, 
and for whatever reason that's that that it happened it happened and i really do like the beginning where you get i mean killing boomerang is huge sure. because that's a that's at least a b tier villain yeah. for flash it's it's kind of a memorable character he also showed up in bv Isn't in thinker also a flash villain i always thought he was a, a league villain is he like okay, i thought maybe. he was like c tier league villain Carry but on. But Boomerang showed up in OG Squad and Flash caught him. That was, like, really cool to see. And it was a nice, uh, like, tip of the hat. Yeah. So to kill Boomerang, to have Rick Flag and Harley captured, and Amanda Waller just being a cunt. Like, she's great. Viola Davis is great, and I hope they keep her forever. I love her as Amanda yeah. Waller. Because the entire time, James and I kept looking at each other like, that's really amanda waller for sure well the the problem was never her performance no it was sure. just that she was doing the right inflection it's just nothing ever finished with her right they this, these scenes would just cut midway of her threatening someone and then it would end and then right. this one she actually follows through with threats and she's scary because of it or tries and, to, you know or tries to anyway which is, I, I love that scene honestly so after that we then we have like a little flashback flash forward kind of bouncing around I do have a question to ask both of you gentlemen. When with the whole flashback flash forward, we did see like these title cards in in the scene. Chapter like, title cards, yeah. yeah. Yeah, almost. Did you guys like that type of thing? I did I did. It made me feel like I was reading a book almost. Uh, I don't have any strong opinions about it. Like I'm, I'm closer to James. I'm not really thinking too much, but I did think about it. Like, are they really necessary? Probably not, but do they really take away from the film? Not really. I, so I just I, I liked it. I liked how it 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 kind of felt like a book. I will say I got a little Edgar Wrighty vibes. That yes, very very <laughs> with, Scott with, Pilgrim with the the title card thing. Very like, Scott Pilgrim, like you know, uh, Mission Harley or like the the Suicide the, the, Squad the, versus yeah, Star whatever. exactly versus Star, Star of the Star like all that shit. I got very like yeah, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World vibes from that, mm -hmm. which I didn't hate. It, and it added a little comic book touch to it, but I just thought right. it was like, hmm. I this see would this. be the place to do it, too, because yeah, comic sure. books did they? Yeah, so. But, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. So, after we get that little flashback, we do see essentially, oh, Peace Walker and Bloodsport are just going to be butting heads. It's testosterone yep. mania so right there. They make it a point. We made a joke of it earlier. We referenced it where it was like, I do the same thing you do, but I but do better. it better. Right. So they talk about what they do. It's like, I can hit my targets dead center. Well, I hit it more in the center. How do you hit it more in the center? Smaller, I smaller bullets. Smaller bullets. See yeah. that foreshadow? Uh -huh. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what... We, we know. But no, this is this is thoughtful script writing. Oh, yeah. In a suicide squad. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's here. Yeah. But then I think, like, he obviously doesn't use smaller bullets because in the end, who had the smaller bullet? Right. So it's like, was that supposed to be something like he wanted, like, oh, I use smaller bullets, and he was lying? Because no, he doesn't. it's just supposed to be that Bloodsport is better. That's it. But I was confused because there's a scene later when they're going through the camp that's right. actually friendly and they don't realize it. Um, I absolutely love this scene. Very fun scene. When when fucking, I keep calling him Homelander, that's not his name. Peacelander. Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Peacelander. Peace essentially, he fires behind his back and right. he's like, oh, it's non-lethal. It doesn't count. And then it explodes. So Compressed explosive rounds. Right. So and the, he switched his ammo type to be more show off yeah. because of. Uh, no, no, no. But you're missing the, the best part of that dialogue. Nobody likes to show nobody off. Nobody likes to show off. They do one which is showing off is fucking dope. No. And he goes, fuck, you're right. 
<laughs> like that whole exchange. I get it. I just thought it was so good. Weird that they established Cena uses small bullets, and then he changed it. They established that he has a different one. Right. Midway, like why'd you establish that he has two different bullet types? Are you kidding me? Bloodsport has like eighteen different weapon but, types. But this is the, the <laughs> this is the defining feature as to why Bloodsport is able to win in the end. I mean, this yeah. is the thing that happens but, is the right. bullet thing. Yes. So that's why I'm questioning it. Does he has small bullets in the beginning? Did he change it because Bloodsport? We don't like, know. It's no, not really. Like, that's the yeah, only explosive round he fires. Then how come he had a bigger bullet in the last thing? So he didn't actually use He had small a standard enough? size bullet. I took it that they established that they were the explosive I, ones, and no. that's why I feel this is like not really that. that it's I'm, not. It, it doesn't take away from the <laughs> film at all, but it does. It made me wonder because there's a scene where he says he uses smaller bullets, and in the end, he actually uses bigger bullets. No, they're not bigger bullets. They're just standard size bullets. No, they're bigger blood than blood sports. Is my yes, point? Yeah, because blood sports bullets are basic. right. Whole, but we don't know blood sports bullets. We've never seen it before. Actually, uh, we had, but he has a whole bunch, and that's, I guess, the whole thing. I guess. Uh, I, so there's a really good working theory on how his weapon works, and it actually fi- it's actually a rail gun. Oh, I thought oh, it was Legos. Which I think is really cool. So what it actually is, it fires off chunks of material. In which, in this case, little fucking spears, basically, is what right. they are. No, it's it's Lego. He just clanked it on. No, yeah, it I done. know. So, as easy as that. So, right, we're, we're, they save Flag because they get some notification to go save Flag. Right. Uh, and Flag's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? So, wait, so let's talk about their mission first. Because their first mission is to locate the thinker, Gaius Greaves. Right. Who is supposed to help them gain Doctor access. Who. Yes. No, because that's the only other thing I know him from. That was oh, an interesting buddy, watch for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, who's supposed to help them gain access to Jotunheim and Project Starfish? Convince him to work with you yeah. is the mission. Which, by objective. the way, because I didn't watch a trailer for this movie. Right. I didn't know who the villain is. Right. Well, neither did I. By the way. So when they say the words Project Starfish. Part of me literally lost my mind. He did. He's he asked me directly, You mean fucking Starro? And I said, Yep. Like Starro is one of those villains that I thought we're never getting that in a live action. And that's like, exactly why he picked him. And I'm okay with that, man. And, like But that's the kind of thing you should be yeah, picking is weird obtuse shit. But whatever. Like, I love it. But so sorry. So yeah, but that's their main mission. Right. But then their mission gets interrupted by several sub objectives. <laughs> Right. Which is what leads to that scene. And this one's particularly given by Waller. Yes. Oh, Flag's still alive? Get him. Go rescue uh, Flag. Starro is supposed to be like an eldritch kind of thing, right? There was a little hint of that there, and I wasn't sure. Well, you actually, mean a fucking kaiju? Yeah. Well, actually, I definitely the, got that. They, yeah. they made Starro almost a little more sympathetic. Yeah, infinitely. This, this, well, this, he well, isn't be, like that. Just be, no, because in the, in the comics, he's a straight up conqueror. That's what his whole thing is. But there's this one line in the movie that makes you almost a little sad for Starro, which is, I was happy just floating amongst the stars. That's right. Right. And I was like, damn, that's sad as fuck now. <laughs> yeah, he, he murdered millions of people. But you're right. Absolutely sad. But again, it's it, it's almost like he was just this wild, this caged animal that was, he, you know. Let's well, see you be all right no, after no. being experimented on for 60 years. You're yeah. right. Hold on. You know, he's done some bad things, but he might have some good in him. Put him in the squad. <laughs> Why not? Starro part of Suicide Squad. By the way, this is DiCaprio from Persona. I know. This is the first. First thing I saw when I saw Starro. I know. Also, fucking Pokemon. Uh, oh, Star- well, no, Starmie is attacking the city. Yeah. I, I, I'd be surprised if there wasn't already a Photoshop edit. Oh, I'm sure. There has yeah. to be. 
but yeah, so the first is the Rick Flag thing, which is what leads to this whole scene where they accidentally kill a whole camp of like friendlies, freedom fighter friendlies. To be honest, I knew that that was the joke the minute they oh, showed yeah. the girl singing when she was doing the clothes, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, they're trying to be a rough and tough game. They're not going to show someone singing. No, <laughs> like as soon as Rick Flag got captured, I knew it was by the opposition, not by the the Court of uh, Army. Okay, like, no, I, I, I didn't go that far ahead. No, but uh, yeah. So and then after that, they have another detour because they find out that Har- uh, that Harley's, Harley's still, still alive. alive. Yeah. Which leads to another great scene. Right. I would argue. I would arguably say the best action scene in the entire movie. Oh yeah, the I, hallway. the The effects on that hallway scene is what they've been trying to do forever yep. with Harley, and it works. And so. just in a in a moment of like cinematic and special effects mastery, the special effects like the cartoony shit that happens along that whole Harley hallway fight. Mm-hmm. Is still there when she's outside, but only in the door of where she just left. Right, right. I loved that. It like manifests like it into reality. Only in there, which I thought was great. No, it's pretty fun, and I like how it also showed off one of her powers of being resistant to torture, which is a thing. Oh yeah, in the comic book. So it's like, okay, cool. So here it is, and shockingly strong. Right, because she lifts a whole ass dude with, with a her pull thighs. Up. We're not really. Yeah, no, I know. But I'm here for that. <laughs> like you want to go, dude. Uh, we're watching that scene, and she does that to the torturer, and the dude says, that's how I want to go out. I got a <laughs> boss fight in Silent Hill 2 for you. <laughs> it's called Flesh Lips, and it carries you from the ceiling. Uh-huh. Enjoy. <laughs> I- I'm pretty sure the Margot Robbie part of it is a pretty important. Oh, right. No, no. If Margot Robbie was choking James out in the hospital, I think that would be better. Yes. yes. No, absolutely right. I still think, you know what? <laughs> that that was a little has- Silent Hill 2 spoiler. No. That James fights a boss? No, that... All right. No, that's fine. We're not going to... Huh? I, I want to go back to me getting choked out by Harley Quinn in a hospital. Uh, <laughs> you know, she does wear a nurse outfit once or twice. So you know what? This is a thing. So. But at that point, they have already captured the thinker. And we had an excellent thing because you had three really militaristic dudes yep. in that prison car. Oh, I wanted to also mention oh, yeah. oh, where, yeah. they, uh, where they talked mad shit to the guy that captured them. Oh, have you heard about the one inch, like one touch death? One touch. I mean, of course you can do it, but it's not consistent. What do you mean? I mean, you can't, you can kill someone with one hit, obviously, but you can't always do that. Oh, okay. I don't. On one? One. And all three of them kill him in one hit. Because so they're good. comic book heroes. Like, that's the point, but right? But I, I also, it's a really great way to establish the three of them as, like, badasses on equal footing. Because mm-hmm. their relationship is important. Because Rick Flag and Bloodsport's relationship is they... Uh, They've worked together, together in the past, yeah. They fought together in the military. Mm-hmm. And then the relationship between Bloodsport and Peacemaker is that they're equals as terms of like in a rivalry sense but 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 this is a good way of putting them all on evil playing on even playing field sure but i think a very important aspect of this as well is that they weren't trying to play up okay they were playing the cool factor these are cool superheroes but they didn't take it so goddamn seriously no no, no, for sure like you were able to at least have they played it straight but didn't have the thematic grittiness right. of a serious film. So it helped like their badass kind of shine through when they had moments of doubt. So well, the whole Harley scene, they go through this whole plan to right. rescue Harley, and she's done rescued herself, which by do the way. Do you want me to go back in and I'll do it? It's yeah, so and cute. I'll look surprised. But it by works. the way, again, 
another example of this is how you write a badass female character, though. Right. Sure. Like, you don't make it a whole thing. You just have her rescue herself and have all the boys, like, bumbling outside. Like, it's fine. That worked. Honestly, but... I would I would actually like to see that trope happen even with male characters even because I don't sure. even I can't even think of a story where it's like, oh, you came to rescue me? Well, I got myself out. I feel like that's happened. It doesn't happen often no. enough. It's always the gimmick George, that they are capturing. George, I I do want to ask and I feel I should have I should ask this later, but I'm going to forget. Uh-huh. So, this is the third James Gunn movie that I know that you've watched. Okay. But this is also featuring a team. Did you like this more than Guardians 2? Yes. And Did you we, like it more than Guardians 1? Uh, yes, because Ooh. it was more of an a more of an adult story with superheroes and where Guardians of the Galaxy is nice, I but like I also like it more than both Guardian movies. Wow. Yeah, I mean, plus the you know my problem with Guardians Volume 2 it was the amount of pandering to the 80s. Don't get me wrong. Right, right. So you feel this is better. Because- yes, because it handles all of the licensed music in very specific moments that work. Um, there's a lot of really good original music, too. It's in its own time. In fact, I'm pretty sure this could be considered somewhat timeless because there's no real reference to what era sure. we're in. This could take place whenever. So, like, I kind of like that as yeah. opposed to relying so much. Oh, it's Pac-Man, you guys. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I get it. I No, I, I think I also agree that it's better than both Guardians with you, man. I think it's only slightly better than Guardians 1, because I did thoroughly enjoy Guardians right. 1. Sam, like, I'd put this, like, I'd put Guardians 1 at, like, a 7, and this is probably an 8 for me. Because this movie was but, actually unpredictable. Like, yeah. this movie actually had surprises and new things to see. Where, also, a know, better climax, because I think this is way better than having, you know, dance off, bro, me and you. Yeah. This felt sure. better. No, this no, this felt definitely better. felt like, like, like a legitimate, like, conflict at there the were things set up and they all paid off yes. at the right time uh, fucking um polka dot man paid off immediately into harley into start yep all of them kind of went in a by vein. the way there is one theme in this movie that we have to talk about it's Mommy very issues. important no why <laughs> is this movie so anti-bird because birds suck what I, I agree. You heard it I here, like folks. Birds. I don't like birds. Why? I'm like Francis. They're dicks. No, they're not. They're adorable. Granted, I haven't met a nice bird, but I'm just saying every bird I've come across is But this is a movie's dick. pro-rat, and I'm here for it. Yes, I am also here true, for, yes. the, for, for the pro-rat dialogue. But, oh. like, seriously, there's two specific bird birder scenes, if you will. And one in the very beginning, and... One midway through, when, uh... Well, at least Savant gets eaten by a bird. Yeah, that was his well, comeuppance. Well, he gets picked that. But, but yeah. that was the whole... Yeah, yeah. yeah. but then late, right after that, uh, when Luna dies, and the general is taking over, they fucking light the whole fucking cage oh, of birds on fire. Oh, that was fucked. Yeah, that no, was, that was and horrible. And you hear them all screaming and shit. Yeah, like, that's I don't... terrible. That was just very, like, bizarre. But by the way, the... that... Is actually the, the what comes after one of my favorite scenes in the movie, because it is my favorite character moment for Harley that, D, that DC has ever put. I know out what there. you're doing, yeah. Because okay, so Harley survives the initial encounter. We initially think simply because like I don't know they capture her, but no, we find out that like they knew she was going to be there and wanted her specifically because mm. apparently her anti-Americanism is seen positively by the Corto Maltesian people. She's a, a rebellious icon. Yes, exactly. I How do you have her but not... Jo- ah, whatever. So Whatever. Not Joker? Okay. <laughs> so you have the current leader of the new dictatorship, uh-huh. Diego Luna or some shit? No. Yeah. Whatever. Mm. No, Diego Luna's a real guy. I don't know. What, uh, this guy's something Luna. Okay. Point is, 
has Harley dressed up on... Oh, by the way, both of Harley's outfits in this were great. Sure. I loved her initial red and black leathers. Thought they were really cool. Mm -hmm. Nice blend of some of her looks. And the whole, like, evening gown thing was cool as shit. Right. But uh, anyway, so she gets brought to this dictator's villa, his mansion, Mm -hmm. and spends a day with him, basically, where he's romancing. It's a montage. Yeah. But as you've seen, if you're this far in the episode... And he tells her that, like, you know... The people of, uh, what, what the fuck is this place called again? Corto Maltese. Foreign The stand. people of Corto Maltese think that I need a wife and they don't, and I, I just met you to appease them. But if I must be honest with you, I am, I cannot think of anything else. And then they fuck. Like Harley straight up says, like, you're so fucking hot, jumps his bones. They destroy a whole room in the process. They have sex. And then she says, Harley Luna has a ring to it. As though she's considering the marriage proposal. Right. And then the villain goes on this whole rant. About the things he would do to maintain power. And he mentions, no one will stand in my way. I would kill women. I would kill children. I would kill... Get shot in the fucking back. Right. I thought he already admitted to killing children. No, he hadn't said anything about killing kids at that point. No, well, that in that thing, he had admitted that he had done it before to ensure the peace. No, no, no. That was that so was, It was that part that triggers her to go grab no. the gun... I'm still saying him. that scene triggers her. I'm just saying yeah. whether he had done it before and or not. she has this whole thing where she says, I promise that the next time, with my dating history, I promise that the next time I saw a red flag, I would kill the bat. I would kill him. I'd murder and him. Even though you got a monster a between your legs. Flag. Yeah. <laughs> and killing kids is a pretty big red flag. Like, that's such a good character moment for Harley. Right, it kind of cements that she's not a villain, though. No, she is a villain. She's absolutely a villain. But she has lines. But she has lines. I get it, but... That's what separates her from the Joker. Right, but I'm talking about, in terms of contextual with uh, Birds of Prey and some other things, she's definitely kind of migrating into more of a chaotic good character. I mean, I think she's an anti-hero. She's literally in prison for robbing a bank, though. Sure, but even good guys have been, like, you know, in those scenarios. Like, I'm just saying, like, there are superheroes with bad histories that they're... I'm saying she might have turned face. I, I don't know. I, I think she she's a little more in the anti-hero camp, but... She I, still wants to do the good, the right thing. Yeah, she so. still has... She has good in her, for sure. Right. She's not a monster. Which, which we've is, learned that most of these... Ca- well, I like how the movie took time for them to be... Yeah. Well, at least Idris Elba. Like, he, it took time for him to become a good guy. Harley, I was kind of convinced, was good well, from the beginning, said, so I, I don't think, know. I don't, I don't think that's true. I, I think it just took Idris Elba time to give a fuck about people. Well, that's what I mean. Like, but I don't really... think he necessarily was, well, I guess, killing... I don't know, being, defining how bad being a mercenary is is difficult. He We're still not needed to have before. an arc for yeah, it to do. for like, sure. Yeah, so, that's good. That's a good thing. That means you have a character. Yes. Like... <laughs> So uh, after but, the release of Harley. Yeah, well, I, but before we even get there, because it's important to set up, is there is a heart of the group, and that is in Ratcatcher 2. Yeah. Because everyone else in the group is hardened in some way, shape, or form, whether you have Peacemaker and Bloodsport, who are military veterans. Hand. Uh, King Shark, who is a slave to his hunger, basically. Adorable. And lacks intelligence. Yeah. Um, Very wide chest. Yes. Definitely will mention. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he eats. Stallone like, went uh, ham on this. No, he did. He did great. Want to just bring up something about Ratcatcher 2? Yes. And Sebastian the Rat? Yes. The voice actor for the Rat is D. Bradley Baker? What? Shit, you not. Excuse me? Yep. The voice of Squidward voiced that rat. <laughs> That's random. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, okay, cool. I'm uh, here for it. 
Uh, I feel like we're pretty much we've got a lot. Oh, we didn't talk about Polka Dot, man. No, but the, well, let me set up uh, Ratcatcher too because there is also a conflicting relationship between her and Bloodsport because it is established very early on that Bloodsport is phobic of rats. Yeah, and her main power is. That she controls rats. Which also furthers. gave us a great line. Why the fuck didn't you tell us we your weakness was rats? Why am I going to tell you my weakness? Yeah, my vulnerabilities. <laughs> well, it just furthers that Waller does not test anything. Yeah, clearly. Not at all. Well, to be fair, nobody knew. But, like, you would at least, at least have them in the room together once. Oh, sure. Like, just a, a case of things like this where well, she that did. happens. And he didn't, like, he just said, like, he didn't like them, but he didn't say that he was straight up phobic of them. Right, but mm. tell Bloodsport her power is Plague of Rats. Right. Well, I don't know. In any case, but we But sh- then they kind of develop a softer relationship when... As time goes on, yeah. Yeah, where she kind of reminds him of her of his daughter. And that plays a role throughout the movie a few times. And vis-a-vis. Partic- yeah, and, and yeah, and he and she reminds... That's a really cute scene, too. It's, uh, don't worry, I promise that I'll, I'll, I'll get you out of here alive. No, and she's I'll like, get- no, I'll get you out of here alive. And it turned out... Yeah. yeah 100%. Because she's the most powerful one of the group, right? Yeah. We're, we're comfortable Just straight saying up. Um... I still think Polka Dot could have done more, but he just for whatever reason didn't, and I don't understand. I don't. Maybe. I mean, like, Polka Dot was definitely up. His there. power is really strong, and yeah. he only used it like a few times because he was embarrassed by it. And it's like, yeah. dude, you're already this far. Start blasting everybody. Agreed. Like, yeah, but they all look like mom. Okay, so is that a thing that's happening twenty four seven for him? Yeah, yeah, I think so. We that's established. Yeah, because when he's dancing in the in yeah, the, it's, in the it's bar, all everyone else is his mom also. So then that is just bizarre as fuck because he had a little bit of a romance kind of not romance but he had some like uh a deeper connection not with Ratcatcher. i don't know if it was with Ratcatcher too or somebody else but then it was just like kind of squashed by the idea that he sees everyone as his mom so i was like that's kind of bizarre i think there was but... just like a, i don't think it was like uh romantic in nature him and Ratcatcher. i think it's just they were both the softer members of the group well either way i'm just saying it's weird that like to visualize that he sees her as his mom during that scene. Sure. That's all I'm saying on that regard. I get that. Plus, I still think Polkadot Man should have survived, but... I cu- it's, it is a beautifully tragic moment, the way he dies, though. Ah, there's so much buildup for him, I thought he was going to save the day fully. Like, and it was the like, setup right. for that is that he's experimented on as a child... Because his mother tried to create superheroes. Out right, of him and he's obsessed with superheroes, which makes sense in this world of yeah. superheroes. So. And then, like, at the end, he, like, does serious damage to Starro and proudly exclaims, I'm a superhero! Splat. I just, it seemed, mm, seemed like too easy of a kill for him. the thing is, him. like, he was suicidal from the beginning of the movie. I don't think he was oh, doing he that out of suicide. he actively said, though. Uh, no, I'm not... We're all going to die, and he goes, I hope so. Let me finish. I'm (laughs) saying that, like, in that moment where he's screaming, I'm a hero, he wasn't going, I'm going to step into the tentacle because I'm suicidal. No, I don't think he was. I simply think it was a fitting end for him. Sure. Where, as someone who wanted to die, he at least got to die feeling proud of himself. All right. Which I like. Yeah, it's probably the only time in his life he's ever felt proud of himself. And I like that, like, his last moment. Like, if you can imagine that the last moment you experience is, like, frozen in your mind... Like, that's the last thing he ever felt was being proud of himself. Well, the last thing he ever felt is being squished, but, I mean. I do, I completely forgot to bring this up, but during the the bar scene where they get the thinker, there's uh, Mantis. 
the actress who plays Mantis in Guardians 2. Oh, yeah? She's one of the dancers. Oh, that is her. And um, we also uh, have, blink and you miss it, Lloyd motherfucking Kaufman from Troma, oh, yeah. who got fucking James Gunn his start. Yep. Hmm. Which is really cool. Okay. Nice little, little, just little, little injections of like, you know, like just people that he likes having around. Like, for example, supposedly, and this is something that the dude told me. Well, you tell him about Taika. Oh, so Taika Waititi, back when Guardians 3 uh, got, uh, James Gunn got fired for it uh-huh. because of old fucking tweets and shit. Um, Marvel went up to him and was like, hey, man, do you want to do Guardians 3? And he's like, no, that's not my movie. That's James' movie. I'm not touching that. Right. And apparently that made James Gunn and Taika like bros. And they've actually like been very complimentary of each other. And because of that, people think that's why Taika got Red in Catcher the, the Suicide Squad. Catcher one, yeah. yeah, okay. No, I figured it'd be something like that. And he looks so familiar. He's like, I know that guy. Which, by the way, I, I do want to talk about that really quick, too. Because you don't see that very often in any media. Because typically, whenever you depict a, a parent as having a drug problem, it's always like how much they fucked up their kids and their kids hate them for it. And but like people with drug problems are human beings. Right. Uh people with addiction are like real people. And like the scene where she says uh like what where he uh Why rats. Uh, yeah, well Bloodsport accuses her of having daddy issues. And she says, No, I have no issues with how much I love my father. Mm-hmm. And you see her like explain, like have a flashback and thoroughly see the love she has for her father. And simply explains that his his burden weighed too heavily on him and it eventually take him. And it's showing a needle in his arm that he overdosed. But I really liked that. Uh, I thought you were talking about the little line that he says. No, you know. that's a beautiful line too. I'm just saying in general, the presentation of an addict parent and not making them a monster that ruined their child. Man, right. you wouldn't like Tideland. I know. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that addiction doesn't hurt people and ruin families. It does. But it's not as binary. It's not as binary as that. Mm. And like again, they're people, and they are loved. And I like that this showed that. Well, it was cool to have at least one wholesome character there. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that was it was missing that element for everyone else. Well, there, there were was some, shark too. Yeah, there was some <laughs> things with Nanawe that was wholesome. But then I, the minute they showed those little jellyfish, I'm like, they're gonna be horrifying. Oh like, yeah, they're gonna be horrifying in two seconds. I still don't know what their origin is, by the way. Neither do I. I can't find them. I've in the never comics. seen them. Doesn't matter. I don't know. They're just a creature that he was working on. But it's we got to we got to get through the story. Yes. So really quick. So we're getting to the end. Uh, Doctor Who gets his comeuppance. <laughs> Apparently he was fucking those starfish. Well, well, we get to the underground. Was he fucking the starfish or was he fucking people with the starfish on their Where head? He was fucking that? people with he the starfish. He literally says that he's, they're like, he had his way with us. And he, they're like, I don't think that's what he meant. I'm pretty sure that's what they meant. With the other more like extreme things in this movie, I considering mean, he does, how perverted he, he is, make, they he even make open, it a point. They say o- experiment and have our way, so it's two different things. Maybe. I mean, he does openly admit to being okay with having twelve rats up his ass, and that's another. They so. built up that he's into things you know like what? this. Maybe. So I, I thought for a fact that when he was getting his comeuppance, right. it was going to be like gore hentai. And I was like, I am was not rape? for this. No, but like tentacle gore rape. Right. And I'm like, I no, don't want to see this ever again. I saw it once on the internet. I'm not, no, never again. So like that didn't happen, no. thankfully. He just got uh, Christabella in Silent Hill split yeah. in half. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. But uh, yeah, so we finally meet Project Starfish. 
looks great. Because I first love, we're shown a little clip of Starro when they when the American soldiers first capture him. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's a like a human sized almost. But by the time we see him in Jotunheim, he's big boy. He's been there for sixty years. At mm. least a hundred feet. Oh yeah. Massive. Uh and we also find out the twist of the of the team, another traitor, technically, in that Oh, Cena. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I these characters' names are so like it's Peacemaker. Homelander. <laughs> but uh we find out that d- uh, despite what Amanda Waller told the team, that the Americans are actually responsible for everything here. Right. They established Jodenheim. American astronauts were the ones that found Starro. They were the ones paying that family the that had exactly. uh, Corto Maltese in control. And Rick Flag tries to stop him. Uh-huh. And I actually didn't expect them to kill him off. Yeah, man. He's done. Yeah. And I like, thought it was great. And they showed us an x-ray scene just to specifically tell you, yeah, no, no, he's not coming back. I, oh, I hate it. Well, because it. this oh. leads to a fight. Well, because this leads to a fight between him and Peacemaker. Which they're very respectful of each other because like, oh, yeah. Peacemaker did not want to fight him. He, uh, sa- he, sa- he says, but uh, that w- I, I would even kill a hero like you. So please don't make me do this, sir. But right, I re- but because I think Peacemaker is Rorschach, kind of, where he has like a... F- like a very specific mindset, kind and of nothing's going to change it. Kind of we get it very very except, much during the movie where he's like, I will kill no matter how many men, women, and children to achieve peace. But that's also kind of an Osmandius thing. where it, Not that he makes it publicly known, but he's willing to sacrifice these people for the betterment yeah, of mankind. Yeah, but Osmandius is willing to sacrifice people for his goals. Was it's still for world peace, which but isn't it's really his him. world peace? It's his goals. Uh, Peacemaker is specifically like a tool of the system. No, I, I I'm just saying in terms of like uh, I have oh, my you know country's what I got? goals Vibes ahead of people. Peacemaker? Like uh, the anti-Captain America. Yeah, that's for sure. Like uh, flag smasher, but not flag smasher. U.S. agent. Who are we talking yeah. about here? Yeah, I think U.S. agent. Like bit. he, like he got that. Yeah. Like he's just so into. I just really like the idea of a thorough spy just getting like witnessed, chain witnessed, where he kills Rick Flag, but then Ratcatcher Two sees it and oh, he goes, yeah. "Oh shit, let me kill Ratcatcher Two. And then he just Elba sees it. Ah, uh, you know what I mean? That was a clever way that always Absolutely. thorough, so you already get an idea of what he's gonna so by do. The way, earlier, I mentioned that the three of them were evenly matched. But motherfucker Peacemaker is throwing Rick Flag across this fucking. I assumed Peacemaker had some oh, sort of great serum shot or something with the it. fucking the helmet being oh, being yeah. us seeing the the fight with Flag and oh and yeah. Cena. dude, dude I wasn't expecting a Resident Evil three intro reference in the Suicide Squad. Jeez. Wow. Where the entire thing is filmed with a police helmet? Yeah. I was like, well, hey, they did that in Resident Evil 3. By the way, a fully CG scene. Oh, it was fully CG. CG. Fully CG, which is but, really cool. But, dude, that is hard wow. to do. And why? I thought I was what? really impressed with that Wait, shot. why was it CG? How do you really? record that scene? I don't get a small camera that's not as noticeable. Uh, it's a it's a chrome helmet. I You would see the camera. I'm just saying there might have been an angle that works, but okay. And then I will tell you right now. A tracking shot trying to erase a camera from a reflection in a chrome helmet? Fucking not happening. I don't know. It's got... so Agree uh, to disagree. <laughs> you can't just say that. I can. Just in the you middle can, of saying it. You can, but you're wrong. Hi, uh, nice to meet you. Agree co- to disagree. Corridor crew... 
<laughs> Corridor Crew has actually talked about this that we've actually reached a point in certain in certain aspects where like just doing CG is easier than like like erasing things out or like substituting things in. Okay, I'm sorry, we gotta get to the next story beat. Yeah, well, no, okay. I mean we're pretty much wrapping up because right. this leads to well, a we see uh we see the showdown between Rick Flag and and Peacemaker, mm-hmm. which ends Rick Flag. Right. Which leads to him threatening Ratcatcher too. Which leads which to eventually him leads threatening- to him in a different type of show off because the show off between him and Rick Flag was all fighting. It's a little bit coincidental that he. First off, he falls like six stories and doesn't his knees don't like. I, I mean, don't they know. did it realistically because once he landed on that first slab of concrete, concrete's really good at absorbing impact. So if it stays, if he's literally able to, if it if that chunk is able to stay together, it's totally believable that he served because each of those only. See, a 10 that, foot. that's what you're having. Trouble no, believing not landed. the giant starfish. Is no, that... no, because this I believe it or not, the giant starfish was better explained. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it is a little coincidental that he just happens to land in the right place to save. Rat but that's me two. being plot. nitpicky as fuck. That though. That's plot. part like, of plot. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with fucking uh, javelin. Just so happen to have this fucking no, holy javelin but from Harley. I think javelin is way more creative. They took Chekhov's gun and made it a character oh, yeah. and had it a running yeah. joke the entire movie. That's exactly. It was I don't che- know what God wanted me to yeah. do. Yeah. What do che- I do with this? Oh Jesus! Yeah, him too. Whoever yeah. wants to tell me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it was Chekhov's javelin, for sure. Yeah, and a very clever, like, it's done, but this has happened before where I finally realized what I've got to do with this. But this the, is a trope, but I liked it with Harley. She's a great character. The smaller bullet is also technically like a Chekhov's gun mechanic because. N- no, okay. Not exact. That is a foreshadow and not yeah. necessarily because it's not an active thing in the scene. You see what yes. I mean? It is, it's. I, there's an argument because it's in the gun, but it, the gun isn't always visible I on guess. scene. Whereas the javelin is yeah. something Harley is carrying. Throughout the movie, yeah, sure. and then they establish that. Picks it back up several times. So yeah. Peacemaker's knocked out, quote unquote. Well, he takes a neck shot. Yeah, but his neck. We're going to assume that his neck is simply so muscular that he was able to will his artery closed. I something. mean, WWE, they've got a great you know workout plan. I don't uh-huh. know that's what I got to say. And then it, this leads directly into the fight, the Starro fight. Right. Because by this point, Thinker's dead. The entire militia is about to is about to go out. So the only main villain left is is Starro. Yeah, and <laughs> Starro took that. Oh yeah, like, and he started growing more. And he's like, "This is my island, or whatever." And the writers oh. like, "Polka Dot could beat Starro, but I don't slash. know if he can because po- it seems to me like Polka Dot Man uh, has a finite number of Polka Dots. Is it only when he has to expel? No, I just think he builds more up throughout the day. And then he expels them. So I think he has a limited number. He just needs to edge for a bit, and then he'll get it. That's all I'm saying. Uh-huh. Right. I, I really think Polka Dot could have saved the day, but so obviously they didn't So he took out him. a leg. Uh, King Shark's eating part of him. Well, we see a moment of uh, of Bloodsport becoming the leader. The leader that Amanda Waller has repeatedly Told said, she was gonna you're going to be. And he's like, I don't want to be a leader. Harley. Almost like he had an arc or something. Yeah. yeah. Harley, go high. Uh, King Shark. Uh, nom nom. Uh, nom nom. Nom nom and and then yeah, uh, polka dot man. Do you see who that is? What? Yeah, your that's mom. your mom. Oh, that's your that's your mother. Yeah, mother, yeah. But wouldn't he already see it as his mom? I think he only sees people that way. So it took Bloodsport kind of manipulating that to that's really get him into fair, it. Fair, fair, I suppose. And then we reach the grossest scene in the movie. 
What's well, the grossest? In the star? The in, I, well, wait. We have to talk ugh. about the rats first. Okay. Because we now see the biggest power flex in the movie, mm. which is where Ratcatcher finally goes full power and summons an entire island's worth of rats, mm-hmm. which is fucking awesome. I love her line, too. This island's not yours. It's not ours. It's theirs. Really makes me wonder, would there be that many rats? Yes. Yeah, dude. Okay. I mean, it's not really anything I could, like, research, but I'm assuming there's no, a lot. No, I mean, so. you could look up, like, videos of uh, of New York City sewers flooding, and the streets look like they're moving Ugh. simply because of how many rats there were. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fun. It's, it's fucking crazy. Well, then we double up on that. <laughs> so, yeah, you see the rats effectively fucking up Starro, and then Harley finally has her- Epiphany. Chekhov's gun moment. Yeah. And fucking <laughs> swan dives into Starro's fucking eyeball. <laughs> right. I, uh, I, they're, okay, look, I like horror movies a lot, don't get me wrong. And I, it's just something weird about seeing gore kills in a non-horror movie. Okay. But that, I know, it's weird. It's just, I feel like horror movies have a better so, framework for me. Wait, 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 hold on, wait, wait, wait. So, one thing that gets me, yeah. 100%, in terms of squeamishness, is Igor. I agree. Igor gets me every fucking time. I don't like it either. I don't get it. It's just, yeah, but ah, what I was gonna Dr. Say is, Frankenstein's assistant? Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Igor. But see, so the scene where she dives in, that didn't bother me. Not even the scene where the rats swim in and eat the optic That got me. No. It's the scene immediately after that where you go back to the exterior of Starro and you see the blood and shit swishing oh, yes. inside his eyeball. The hollowed out That's eyeball. where I went, huh? mm. No, I definitely went somewhere with the rats eating the fucking retinas and shit. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, God, I can't. But whatever. I guess it fit thematically. Yeah. It was a good uh, a climax and yeah. payoff. It was above anything else in the film. This, It's like, it's weird for me to say this was a film. Like a well-written oh. film, like this it is a, you know, glowing a review from Fan Freaks podcast. This was a film, but it, it was actually a film, and not just trying to be a film or a fucking music video. So we find out that Bloodsport has the data. Well, we knew he had the data because Ratcatcher gave it to him, right? But he uses it to free them, leverage for their freedom, right? right. Bargain, and he makes and he makes the point. It's like, look, I know Rick wanted to release this, but we saved a lot of people, and this gets us our freedom. Waller was gonna kill all of them, but then her team stops her, correct? Which immediately, with how bad badass, but how fucking like intense Waller is, I thought for a fact they were going to die. There I was thought, a moment that yeah, was, I, I was like, Waller doesn't thing. fuck Waller around. Waller is an ice cold bitch. But she's also, like, she also understands assets. And, like, at the end of the day, her assets got the job done. Oh, okay. In terms of the Suicide Squad, yes. They're not criminals. Look, but in terms of the Suicide Squad, yes. But Waller was very easy to threaten uh, Bloodshot's fucking daughter. Right. he would total. She would totally kill them to keep things quiet. And also, I don't think she know who did it. She's not going to wipe out her entire team. I honestly think she might. That's not really Waller. She she's already doing a thing about just pulling in people that are disposable. Why wouldn't she do the same thing with her own fucking internal? Because crew? if you have a disposable team, then you have no one you can count on to get the job done. I, right? I Waller's the kind of person I think she only counts on herself. No, no, but no, I don't know. Not. I was totally expecting we'll this find was out classified. In the Suicide Squad too. They're dead. <laughs> no, no, we know for a fact that they're alive because they're going to be watching what's his face, well, Peacemaker. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so Cena. yeah, and that's where the movie ends for the most part. Other Wait, than we hold get on. This- and it's also a really tough job uh, having to watch John Cena, who is, you can't see him. Boom! Someone uh, added him to the cast of uh, Harry Potter. As the, oh, invisible, as the invisible cloak. As the invisible yeah, cloak yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is great. But yeah, so that's where the movie ends. And it's just a joy from like beginning to end for the yeah. most part. Yeah, it was fun as fuck. That's absolutely it. yeah. It was actually it's a fun legitimately movie. fun, not like forced fun. So random, lol. But Th- you know, there is something to be said though, because James Gunn was offered Superman and he said no. Right. Well, I would l- have loved if he would have brought fun Superman. No, but it can't be like this. But yeah, like no, it's it wouldn't be like he asked for this. Yeah, this yeah feels like it's up. And his I alley. get it. He's great for teams. But I just want a Superman movie. Is that so much to ask? But no, he's I great. Agree. He's great with disposable characters that no one had a lot of thought into. Yeah, because before Guardians, they were D-list, right? E-list so at best. You like, give him Superman, bottom of the bottom. You give him Superman. There's a million things he could potentially fuck up for people, and it's like, you know what? I don't even want to touch that. I want Maybe my own. Maybe I just mediums. want a Superman movie. I'm sorry. No, funny enough, I mean, someone's got to do a wholesome Superman movie already. That's what I've wanted you know, forever. I so. mentioned him earlier. But what do you think an Edgar Wright Superman movie would be like? Uh, Nick Frost or Simon Pegg are going to be Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> I'd like that. I'm Fuck okay it. with Simon Pegg as Jimmy Olsen. Superman with like a Cornetto fucking ice cream <laughs> thing. <laughs> He's um, eating the ice cream, the Superman ice cream that's blue, red, and whatever. Uh, Perfect. Yes. That's actually super delicious. <laughs> sure, sure. Go. Diabetes. So, we've all talked about it. We all basically said it already, but on a scale of uh, 1 to 10... Yeah, eight? fuck it. I'll just nine. I want to definitely say a eight out of ten. The one, the one downside though that di- like Disney and other big companies are gonna say is that this is not child friendly, and so, that's yeah, what's gonna that stop a- it. No, but in, we don't give a shit about no, that because right. we're adults and we want to see a fun superhero movie. This achieved that. This wasn't trying to have some goal of getting everybody. It's not Capcoming it. Let's get everyone else into also, our genre. This movie, just really quick, earned talk- its R. Oh, it yes. did. Oh, it yes. earned the fuck out of its yes. R. It also had surprising number of aww moments. Some. Yeah. It had but quite a few. But it, but it, a it lot based them. around the Nawe. Right, but it pasted. Eat friends? Yeah. It pasted almost very well with the gore. So it wasn't just like an off end of awe at the end. Like and we did skipped it very over well. the most important part of Bloodsport's character development is at the end on the plane ride home, he pets Sebastian the rat. No. Oh, speaking of tropes, I said there was one I hated. Yeah. There's one I absolutely adore, and it is. The helicopter ride home. Oh, yeah. Resident Evil has cemented that for me, obviously. But what sure. I'm just saying, I love that everyone's all tired yeah. in the helicopter. One of my favorite things and in movies. And then you just see he winces and pets the rat. And both him and the rat are having a great time. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Now, I've been saving. I wanted to say this either in the beginning of the show or the end. What but this that? entire movie reminded me of a film that kind of had a similar idea of kind of bullshit superheroes actually making a name, in a sense. Uh-huh. And I was immediately reminded of a movie called Mystery Men. So here's the only reason I don't see that comparison. Like, uh-huh. The Suicide Squad, for the most part, are like... Villains. Well, and they also like are successful. Like They know what they're doing. Well, no, there's... Meanwhile, Mystery Men are pretty inept. <laughs> well, in this, well, think about the scene where they wiped out the entire town, where they thought that they would be saving Flag. But, but they did it well. <laughs> no, well, sure. I, okay, in terms of actively doing the deed, sure. Yes. But in terms of like... 
oh, they, the mission got fucked up and they've had to improvise and these yeah. aren't really perfect characters and they're kind of oddballs. I got a lot of flashes of that and I thought maybe I someone it. made like from that movie was over here, but no, it just, I don't know. It's this like oddball superhero movies yeah. that were interesting. But so. I get it. And I I could see where you things would remind you, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an comparison and both are fun movies. So yeah. Yeah. Where's my mystery men remake? Oh, come on. No, we need a sequel. Oh, that would be, yeah, actually way better. I would take a sequel. Um, I personally really love Mystery Men, but I don't know if Ben Stiller would ever come back for that. I don't know. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. He hasn't. I mean, that's 20 years now. I mean, we don't need. But that, that movie came out in like 97. That's exactly it's why you should make the movie. at this point. You know who I don't know would come back is Cisco. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I think, honestly, if you were to do a Mystery Men sequel, Cisco. now is the time with all the fucking- Cal Mitchell? Oh, I'm sorry. Not Cisco. Cal- <laughs> Sorry. Wow, because of the white yeah, hair. It was, the, it was white hair. It is Kel Mitchell. You're right. Sorry. Uh, You're anyway, right. my bad. I, I used to love that movie, so it was. I got flashes of my childhood of, oh, these are fuck up superheroes. Ooh, I love gosh. this. Well, come on, it gave us All Star. That was the movie that was All Star that made All Star famous before Shrek. That's right. That is a hundred percent true. Anyway, um, that's all I've got to say about it. Anybody please else? watch Suicide Squad. Please. No, please watch. The Suicide Squad. <laughs> There's a very big difference. People are going to be very confused. Don't watch 2016. No. Don't watch Suicide Squad. Watch The Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Yes. Streaming now on HBO just Max. Make sure if you're searching it, like just type in the the year. Just 2021. If you what? see Idris Elba or John Cena, click on that one. Right watch place. The Predator, not Predator. Yeah. Like, they, they just, I it, hate this so this much. This naming gimmick is driving uh, me Excuse the you. Excuse you. Watch Predator, the not The Predator. Which one's the newer one is The Predator? The newer okay, one yeah, The Avoid Predator. The Predator then. The like, Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Fast and Furious. Let's fucking stop. Anyway, like, stop abusing the the. What's wrong with numbers? <laughs> <laughs> I like numbers. So they're organized. Uh, if you've seen Suicide Squad, please let us know what you guys thought. You can make sure and hit us up on our Twitter or on our Facebook group. Both are F A N F R double E K S. You can find me on Twitter at Doctor. That's D R Rude M D. Yeah, actually, on Fan Freaks, we have a, a spoiler thread for yep. the Suicide Squad. So feel free to share your thoughts there. You can follow me or tweet at me at Adrian Doodliness. And you can send all your complaints at, at BoneKingTV on Twitter. Or you can uh, complain at me live at twitch.tv slash BoneKingTV. Be excited to see you there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, now, shout outs. I'll hit up, start up our shout outs. That's right. Uh, always, our Hunt Boys, thank you guys so much for listening. Jeff, Justin, Scott, we appreciate it so much. Uh, Cheyenne is very disappointed that we didn't bring more anime characters to our Olympian list. Um, but that would have been so... Well, we already were broken, that's true. We so. already were broken, so we might as well... And, and you know, Cheyenne, you're right, all right? But I, I was so distraught by someone stealing Spider-Man from me that I couldn't... I didn't straight. steal him. And first off, Saitama yeah. is anime, well, so I, say, I got one. I, also, I had Armstrong. <laughs> I that's true. I didn't steal Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't steal Spider-Man. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, silent affirmation to yourself yeah uh, no also, I didn't you could hear it uh-huh. I picked Raiden sure you sure did. did it yeah and Tara and Boogie thank you so much for listening yes uh, who are your shout outs no I didn't fucking <laughs> steal Spike why do you insist <laughs> get, carry on the joke is passed uh, Lindsay misleading our residents of Tana Zatara uh, Jesus BVS Valentine go fuck yourself Nicholas Uretic Robot Stone Age, Cody and CJ and Kehlani, and Paul Fusick. 
Alrighty, so coming up on my end, I got Von Condersmite, Beefy Sumo, Squinty, Screechy Kai, Lindsay Misleading, Izumi Chenmaru, CJ to DJ, and CJ to DJ, <laughs> Boogle, um, Julian the Czar, Megan Poop, Poopo, wow, Peepo, but Poopo too, you know, you'd like that name too, I know you would. Uh, and one more, I want to give an extra special shout out to Blue Draco Knight. Oh, that's, that's Scott. That's Scott. That's Scott. Yeah. Right, yeah. Scrap. No, no, Scrap no. is Justin. It's Scrap. SC, I'm so sorry. Blue um, Draco Knight is Scott. Is Scott. Justin uh, uh, is Scrap. Yes, okay. Well, Scott joined my Discord, and nice. he said hi to everyone. I was like, oh my god, nice to see you. And I, w- I told him that I would rub it in on both of your faces that he's in my Discord. He's and, literally uh, in my He's in DM. my Discord. He's literally he's in, in my, my Discord. Discord channel he's, also. He's though. in my Discord. The reason he joined I'm your rubbing Discord. it in that he's in my the Discord. He's in your Discord. Okay, see you later. You guys. even had to ask me Bye. who the fuck a blue Draco Knight was. He's one of my D&D players. I was Also, really quick, I do want to point out, thank you Justin for actually listening to my film recommendations. Hmm. He liked Pig and he liked No Sudden Move. There you go. Okay. Well, freaks, thank you guys so much, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. See you later.